We lost the perfect game before the game ever started, Griffin. It's okay. It's okay. There will be other days. But it's not going to be a perfecto today. That's all. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Today is day number one in the Griffin Bass era of the program. And he's nervous. It's okay. Mistakes are going to be made. Remember, I'm number two. I'm like number two. And th- you got know, it, got it. fitting, I know perhaps. That. Fitting that I am number two. As a lot of people have had some things like that to say about me over the years. It looks like you could bring me down slightly on the gain. Actually, on just slightly, slightly, just a tick. Uh, hi, good morning. Hope everybody's uh, recovered from what has been an electric weekend, a busy weekend here in Baltimore. We've got a lot to do on the program today. Obviously, we're going to talk plenty about Adley Rutschman. Talk about Preakness. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. All of that type of stuff. Um, among those scheduled to join us on the program today, Chad Brown, the uh, trainer of early voting, is going to check in with us after winning another Preakness title. A few years removed from cloud computing, early voting wins the Preakness this year. Chad Brown will tell us a little bit more about that. Also, later on in the show, we're going to meet for the first time incoming Maryland basketball commit and transfer, Jameer Young who still is keeping his name in the NBA draft process and is still you know, weighing his options, but the word is that he is going to come to the University of Maryland after uh, he put up some pretty big numbers at Charlotte. We will talk to Jameer Young for the first time. Jeremy Connell will join us as he does every Monday here on GCR and also later on in the program. I'm really excited about chatting with Ray Parler, uh, an Arsenal legend and a very popular uh, media personality when it comes to uh, British football. Um, Arsenal and Everton are coming to Baltimore. The Charm City match on July 16th. He's going to tell us more about what we can expect from that. Is We need to make sure we, uh, we support that as uh, we are only a couple of weeks away from the 2026 World Cup host cities being announced. So we want to make sure that you know we show as as much as we possibly can as a city every ounce of evidence that we can show to the folks at FIFA that we are deserving of hosting world cup matches i'm just hoping that we can do that by the way the actual date will be june 16th that the um the world cup match the host cities will be announced for 2026 I was reading uh, Grant Wall. I don't want to give everything away because Grant Wall has a Substack that he asks people to, um, you know, pay to subscribe to, and I I chose to do that. And Grant Wall very high on Philadelphia's chances and leaves them kind of mixed when it comes to Baltimore, Washington, where he says, "Hey, there's a lot of people that don't believe there's a chance that they'll leave out Washington, the nation's capital." When the U.S. hosts the World Cup, and because this bid is now Baltimore and Washington together, the only way for Washington to be involved is for Baltimore to host matches. And particularly given that it's the 250th uh, birthday celebration of our fine country, there is this belief from some that there's no way that they'll be left out. But then there's the flip side argument, which is if Philadelphia is definitely in, Baltimore is not very far away is it too close? They want to spread things out more. Or, for potting reasons, they want to keep them closer together. And that's hard to figure out. But we are less than a month away from knowing whether Baltimore will host matches in the 2026 World Cup. And 
this is an opportunity for us to continue to show that this is a football city. And so we'll talk to Ray Parler about Arsenal and Everton coming up in July. So that's what's all coming up on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages, excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Griffin, you okay, buddy? You going to be all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, there were people that were saying it made sense. By the way, I'm using Paul's. I do this sometimes. I forget to put my own spit guard on the mic so Paul can enjoy my saliva when he comes back in to do the bat around. Unfortunately, we don't get to do the bit where we say Paul's dead because he's going to do the bat around on Saturday. Um, You know, there were people that were saying that maybe it was good that the Orioles didn't have a packed house for Adley Rutschman's first career game because it took a little pressure off of him. And I said, well, that's that doesn't make a lick of sense if – Adley Rutschman can't handle thirty to 40,000 people crowds, then we got a bigger problem because we're hoping he's going to play in front of many of those during his time in Baltimore. If, if he's not, that's far more pro- problematic. If he's impacted by that, that's far more problematic. If, if, if he is screwed up by there being a big crowd, we've got real problems. We've got major problems. So whether it's true or not, if it's true... I hate it. If it's not true, it's just it doesn't make sense. I just choose to think that that's absurd, the idea that the Orioles were better off having Adley debut in front of a smaller crowd, the 17,000 people that were there on Saturday night, than maybe would have been there otherwise had it been announced a little bit earlier, had it been announced to, to not be on Preakness Day. I refuse to believe there's any benefit that comes from the idea that Adley Rutschman played in front of a smaller crowd because it is far more concerning if the Orioles think that Adley Rutschman will be flummoxed by playing in front of big crowds. We have to pray that there will be big crowd after big crowd after big crowd after big crowd after big crowd coming for Adley Rutschman in the future. That being said, you don't have to worry about there being 30,000 people here today, Griffin. You get to do this almost pressureless. There, you know, it's just you and me. Maybe, maybe, maybe one or two people that are checking in during the course of the program. No pressure for you. Don't worry about it. You can't be too distracted by the tennis. I understand it's the most important thing going on in the world right now. But I've seen you look over twelve times in the last five minutes. I just there's movement going, so I have to like kind of keep looking. It's it's, it's sort of like a. I'm not good um, at focusing. It's what what is it? What is the uh, a squirrel? It's the like yeah. the, from the what was that up? Right, like Ice Age. No, no, no. The, the motion picture up. Yeah. With the old man and the balloons. Yeah. But what squirrel? When, whenever there would be a, squ- the way that they would distract oh, the dogs. The dogs. The dogs. Okay. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all over the place. <sighs> We're off to a rough start. <laughs> all right. We're gonna focus in. We're gonna focus in. We're gonna deliver from this point forward. Shake it all off. Come on, let's actually gotcha. physically do okay. it. Shake it all off. Get it all out of our system. All right. Like, the tennis isn't even happening. I promise I care way more than you do about it. But I will only look at times where it is appropriate for me to look. Unless you're telling me that something as interesting is happening, like Jordan Thompson taking a set from Rafi on a doll. And then, in which case, we will shut down this show. We will turn it off, and we will worry about the French Open at that point. All right. Um, so, yes, we all know that what, everybody, what everybody has been talking about for a couple days is Adley Rutschman. I do have a column coming today. You can't do it, can you? Uh, yeah, I can't. You got. Just... How do, how do we make this work, Jordan? 
How do we work this out? How do we do this? I, I'll just keep looking at this laptop. Well, you got it, and you got to turn your mic or something. You got, you got to, we got to make that work. Um, I have got a column coming today, pressboxonline.com, about the totality of it. I am trying to not be overwhelmingly negative because at the end of the day, Adley Rutschman is a Baltimore Oriole, and there is reason for excitement. There's reason for hope. There's reason for just some positive vibes. And an exciting win yesterday adds to that. Jordan, or, sorry, Jordan. Griffin, of course, even came in today wearing his Adley Rutschman jersey. Oh, yeah. which it's Big deal here. Which for some reason was not available in the team the I, shop on I Saturday night. I ordered this night. like three years ago and like customized it, and I... I've I've been waiting for this moment. So you would have been particularly mad if he was not wearing number thirty-five. Uh, I think I, w- I would have lived because I mean I made this decision three years ago, knowing yeah, that you, you would have you would have just purchased an, another yeah. jersey at that point. Probably, yeah. work. but yeah, so it all worked out. So pretty feels good like pretty good news for me. Feels like maybe there could have been, and I'm not I'm not again. I'm trying not to dwell on the negative because I get it. The positive is Adley Rutschman is here, and we're hoping for the next fifteen years we'll be able to go watch Adley Rutschman play baseball in Baltimore. And ourselves and our children and our families will all celebrate Adley Rutschman until the day we all pile in a car to go up to Cooperstown and watch him be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So the negative, I don't, I, I was caught in a moment on Saturday where if you had seen me privately on Saturday morning where I, when I got the news, you might have heard some curse words. But what I wanted to project on Twitter was not that. I certainly had my opinions, but I got it. For Orioles fans, Saturday, however it came about, was Adley Rutschman Day. And there was excitement that came along with that. So I tried to kind of keep it focused on the positive for Saturday. Although quite a few people who I bumped into at Preakness on Saturday, they did not, we were not focused on the positive. We were focused on the other things. Because I get it. The excitement for Orioles fans and for people that live in the vacuum of Orioles only is who gives a rat's ass Adley Rutschman's here. And Adley Rutschman is our savior and our messiah, and he will save us from our sins, and he can walk on water, and he can turn uh, blood into wine or something like water into wine. I don't. I, I apologize. Believe it or not, I haven't uh, gone back and restudied all my Bible stories over the years. The problem is... And by the way, excitement came with Adley Rutschman, right? He had a triple. Yes, they didn't. They, they got their butts kicked on Saturday night, but he had a triple. That was an electric Scored moment. Scored the winning run yesterday. Scored the winning run yesterday. Had another base hit. Got on base four times between the two games. Certainly not a um, a perfect start. He's not like he's, you know, he's not like his old teammate Stephen Kwan, who it seemed like he got a hit in, in every one of his first 50 at-bats in the major leagues. But a damn good start to Adley Rutschman's career in Baltimore, and particularly with the two games being at home and an electric atmosphere from the crowds that were there this weekend, not bad. Not bad. Thumbs up. That's what matters moving forward. Moving forward, Adley Rutschman is a Baltimore Oriole. I know Mike Elias is preaching about there being blue skies, that... There's more coming. DL Hall's going to be here at some point. Grayson Rodriguez, while they were before the game yesterday, Mike Elias was like, "Hey, we are not in a rush. 
Obviously, Spencer Watkins getting hit with a line drive and Grayson Rodriguez being lined up for the day that Spencer Watkins' next start would would come up. It makes you it makes you wonder. Although it would not be ideal to have Grayson Rodriguez make his first start on the road, so I don't know what you do about that. But it's definitely out there in the ether. I don't know if there's been an update. I I guess I should have if there was a Spencer Watkins update in particular. I probably should have. Um, I probably should have gotten that answer before. You're uh, concerned about Grayson starting on on the road uh, in his first start. Yeah, I would not do that. And okay. I'll, I'll I'll get I'll get back to that when we talk more about my issue in the column that I have coming up. Okay. Um, Spencer Watkins, is there an update on Spencer Watkins? I apologize. I was so excited after the game yesterday. I didn't even bother to figure out if there was an update on old Spence. Um. Spencer Watkins' uh, x-rays are negative. So it's a right forearm contusion. So I don't, e- I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that Spencer Watkins would be able to make his next start, you know, if there's not more significant damage. I have no idea. But it's pretty clear that the, uh, the idea was not to rush Grayson Rodriguez just because Adley Rutschman was here. Adley Rutschman's here. Orioles have been a bit more competitive than maybe we expected them to be this season. We know there's more to come. There's another number one pick coming this summer. There is reason for hope. There's reason for optimism. There's reason to feel better than we have felt in Baltimore for the last five years about the baseball team. And let's not oversell that. Let's not suddenly say we think that they're a a playoff contender. As I've said a couple times this year, nothing is impossible it's still unlikely. It's not impossible. Let's not oversell it, but let's acknowledge there is something pleasant occurring in relation to the Baltimore Orioles and considering all of the crap that we've dealt with as Orioles fans for five years, pleasant is a damn miracle. We'll take pleasant. We're good with pleasant. If it doesn't feel like we're getting kicked in the balls right now, it's wonderful. We'll take it. That said, that said, as I acknowledge, that's what matters most. What matters most is moving forward, there's some pleasant feelings about the Orioles. We can't be so obtuse. And I understand, as I pointed out, there are people whose lives live within the vacuum of their Orioles fandom. It's the only thing they think about. Our friend Paul, who used to be a part of the show, was one of those guys. His life was almost contained within his Orioles fandom. He was also a Ravens fan, but he like the man did not care about the NBA playoffs. Major sporting events. Admittedly, by the way, this is probably the least amount of a golf major championship I've ever watched in my life. There was way too much going on this weekend for me to be able to spend any time at all. I, I ended up watching some of the playoff on my phone I was doing a radio show yesterday. The French Open was going on. Maryland lacrosse was playing. The Orioles were in this thriller. There was just way too much. The the NHL playoffs have been excellent. There was way too much going on. This is a bad time to move the PGA Championship to this weekend, as it turns out. I don't think we really fully understood that because, you know, they did it during the pandemic and not everything was going on. Now that everything's back and everything's normal again, there's a... they got, they got to think that through a little bit more. Not a good time for the PGA Championship to be happening. When is it normally? It was in August. They moved oh. it out of August for a few reasons. 
Um, and, and I think one was related to the Olympics and wanting there to be more participation in the Olympics from golfers, but they moved it into May for a bunch of different reasons. Um, and, and for the first couple of years, I just don't even think I noticed that it was a really bad time for, but like yesterday, I really, it, it, yeah. it hit me. This is an awful time for you to be playing the PGA championship. This is, there's way too much going on. You you can't you can't. This is bad bad. Try again. Try again. Figure out a different weekend. Um, but for those that live within that vacuum of the Orioles are all that, that all that matter, those people don't give a flying f about any of the problems associated with how we got to this point with Adley Rutschman making his debut on Saturday night. For those people, all that matters is we got Adley Rutschman, and I had a 12-hour heads up, and I was able to get to the game. Well, you were among the few. 17,000. It's a bummer. Yeah. And that's the crux of what I write today, because I don't want this to seem like I'm coming off taking some sort of personal shot at the Orioles. They can do whatever it is they want to do. And if they prioritize certain baseball things ahead of making the most out of Adley Rutschman's debut game, that's their call. And if Adley Rutschman turns out to be as good as we all hoped that he would be, obladi obla But looking again, this is the macro versus micro. The micro is this was the most exciting thing that was happening to the Baltimore Orioles since at least 2016. And because there isn't really a game in Baltimore in 2016 that stands out in some significant way, you could probably argue the most important thing that's happened in Baltimore since 2014, and there were 17,000 people that were there. And that, I can't shake, is a huge bummer. And it's a personal bummer because I, Glenn Clark, badly wanted to be there for Adley Rutschman's first baseball game. And it was never a guarantee that I would be able to be. If it had been yesterday, I had a job. I was working. I couldn't have gone to Adley Rutschman's first baseball game if it had been yesterday. But that's unique to me. It wasn't unique to me what happened on Saturday. What happened on Saturday was the most obvious thing that anyone could have ever seen coming with Adley Rutschman debuting on the day of Preakness. And I I don't say this to say that the world should shut down because pre- it's funny because we talked about this over the years. A lot of times people will compare like in Kentucky the day before the Derby on um, Kentucky Oaks Day. They have 100,000 people come out to that event. It ain't anything like that here in Baltimore the day before. And one of the things I tell people having covered it is well, you don't realize they shut down schools on Kentucky Oaks Day. They have built that thing up to be the most important day of the year in Kentucky, in within the state, the most important day, that's their day. They treat it that way. We don't do that here. And I've argued in the past that, like, maybe we would be well served. Maybe there would be something cool about, like, changing on the calendar Maryland Day to being the same day as the Black Eyed Susan and turning that day into a statewide celebration and making it a state holiday of some sort. And... Yes, you could come to the track, but you could also do whatever you want. We just make it that day. I've talked about that in the past. But I'm not saying that the entire world needs to shut down because Preakness is going on. I do think even if you're not a – if you don't 
care even a lick about Preakness. I understand that. There's lots of things I don't care about. I don't care about Otakon. I don't care about BronyCon. I don't care about Con Jeremy Con. It's not true. Everybody knows I love Jeremy Con. There's lots of things that happen here that I don't care about. So I don't get I'm not trying to shame you because you don't care about it. You have every right to care about what you care about and not care about what you don't care about. But you can't rewrite reality in the process. You can't say that because this thing doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter. It's literally the exact opposite of that. There is nothing that matters more than Preakness in this state. There is nothing, sporting or otherwise, that creates the economic impact of Preakness. One, we're hoping the World Cup if it does end up coming to Baltimore, could be able to make a similar economic impact. But as far as dates on the calendar go, there is nothing, nothing, and frankly, it ain't close. Ravens home games are really big deals, but they don't create the tourism dollars that Preakness does. It doesn't get the same group of -of out-of-towners this year was a little bit different because they're starting the remodeling and reconstruction of Pimlico. So it wasn't 140,000 people that were in attendance. But typical years, literally twice the amount of people go to Preakness as a Ravens home game. There is nothing that compares. It is by far the most important date on the calendar in this state every year. Period with a T. Period to the way the kids like to say it. It is indisputable. There is inarguable. There is no debate about the significance. You can hate horse racing. You can think it's an abomination. You can think the, the Pimlico is an abomination. You can think it's all a joke. You can say whatever it is you want to say in order to feel good or cool on the internet. But what you can't do is change reality. Reality is there is nothing that sniffs the significance of Preakness. And by the way, the overwhelming majority of people that are there don't care about horse racing either. Overwhelming. It is a date on the calendar. It is unquestionably not the date to do this. Now, is it the end of the world? No. We are all plenty capable of understanding that within the grand scheme of life, the fact that I had to miss out on Adley Rutschman's first baseball game, as disappointed, as bummed as I am, life will go on. I, I, maybe it didn't seem that way when you came up to me on Saturday. And I, 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 so many people. I, 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 one of the things I love most about Preakness is it really does feel like sort of Baltimore's class reunion, right? Like you get to see so many friends during the course of the day. So many people. So many people. I, I met Steve Kornacki from NBC on Saturday. I, we're certainly not friends. Just happened to be walking around at the same time. And I was like, I know you. You're the guy that points at the screen. I'm not Steve. Um, you know, it, it's... I, I love Preakness for that reason, and so many people that saw me on Saturday, first thing out of their mouth. So uh, what do you think about the Orioles doing the? And you probably did not get – you. if you heard me that day, you probably thought it was the end of the world. It is not. I promise you I know that. Some of it is performative. 
I know it is not the end of the world that the Orioles scheduled Adley Rutschman's first game for the same day as Preakness and shut out a great many of us from being able to attend. I understand that. It is not the end of the world. It's still a bummer. And it's a bummer that there wasn't a little bit more advance notice for whatever day it was going to be. It's a bummer. I'm not trying to oversell it. I'm not trying to say they're evil. I'm not trying to say that this is an abomination. It's a bummer. It's a bummer that it worked out this way. That there couldn't have been more hand-in-hand thought between all parties involved to try to make this work to have an awesome moment. And the idea that you don't want Adley Rutschman to be treated any differently than any other guy on the team, man, I'm sorry, we have the internet. You can't pretend like that's a thing. This thing where you say something like, well, yeah, but, you know, Adley Rutschman is now just one of the guys, and you don't want to make it seem like you're elevating him above any of the other guys. Dude, stop. They gave away commemorative tickets on Saturday night. Did they do that on Sunday? Did they do that when Nick Vespi made his Major League debut? They know. We're not dumb. We all have the internet. We all know this one was more important. This one was the most important. For now. It would have been really cool if it had happened in a way to maximize that. And so it's a bummer. That's all it is. It's not more important than Adley Rutschman being a great player. It's not more important than Adley Rutschman fulfilling the need for there to be a centerpiece, a a superstar for this franchise for years to come, it's a bummer. And for those of us that were left out, we will think about it in the future. If Adley Rudgeman becomes the type of player we think he's going to be, every now and then over the years, somebody's going to say, were you there for his first game? And we're going to say, don't get me started. Do not. Do not get me started. And it was just, it's... It's not necessary that it went this way. It's utterly avoidable. Friday night would have been great. Would have been great. I mean, would have been... It would have been a perfect weekend. Wednesday, you announce that it's happening on Friday. Give people plenty of time. Get a babysitter. It was hot, but it wasn't miserably hot. It was hotter on Saturday. Wonderful. Would have created a kind of a magical night. And I wish that wasn't what I was. I wish. I. This is the part that's disappointing to me, right? I just wish that nothing would have created a shadow. I wish that, that all we would have had to talk to about was the magic of Adley Rutschman Day. And would there have been a sold out crowd? I don't know. That's a lot to ask. And think about the difference you got. On a Saturday night, 17,000 people showed up. I mean, we're talking about needing more than twice that to show up to sell out a crowd. I don't know if you would have sold out if you had given advance notice. But I think we all know that it would have been significantly more than 17,000. And a crowd of 30, 35,000 people can feel like a sold-out crowd. It just would have been a really cool night, really cool moment 
even beyond what it was. It was still cool for the people that were there, I have no doubt. And it was still cool what I was able to watch. My little, I was the guy, I, I probably bumped into 12 people walking out of the track on Saturday because I had my app up. By the way, also a big problem when my phone died. I like literally had to put my phone on airplane mode about 12 times on Saturday because I was like, well, I can't have it die when I'm trying to walk out of the stadium and watch Adley Rutschman's first at bat. Um, it's just a bummer. I wish that that, I just wish that that hadn't been the case. I wish it hadn't become a storyline. I also address in my column today, by the way, and the, you know, there are little things, like there being nothing in the team store. I know that somebody would say, well, hey, you only had a day's notice. What were you going to get in the team store? Well, man, you knew at the beginning of the year that Adley Rutschman was coming up at some point. Maybe having something just pre-ordered, put aside, T-shirt. I was there for Adley Rutschman's debut. That's why I, I did. I loved. I loved the commemorative ticket thing. I thought that was wonderful. I want to make sure that we say that. I thought that was wonderful, a wonderful idea because everybody knows we don't do tickets anymore. We do the app. Maybe at most we print out a piece of paper, something along those lines. I thought it was tremendous that they did the bit with the tickets. Wonderful, wonderful bit. But you got people that are there pretty much for one specific reason. Because it's Adley Rutschman's first game. A t-shirt. Something that's available for people to purchase. To say they were there. To, to celebrate this night. You can say, we don't want to elevate this player, but we're past that. We know. Is it, are, we, are we setting unrealistic expectations? Yes, probably. But that's what we got! That's, that's what we have. If the Orioles won the World Series last year, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. They didn't. This is what we got. We can only work with what we got. And I, I'm in a weird place with the 35 thing. I'm in a really weird place with it. And I kind of, again, I'm, I do this every week. I just give away my column. You're welcome, both of you. I'd still, just please go click it anyway. Do me a solid. Go, go click. It means means the word. You can just click on my column. Get get the point anyway. Um, I'm in a weird place with it because I get that we're all it's Baltimore. It, internet dunk on culture requires all of us to just dunk on anything Buster only says at any time. I understand that. I, I don't even really hate. I, in a weird way, it's sort of like why I won't give up hating JJ Reddick despite the fact that he seems like a reasonable guy and well thought and all that. Like. It brings us together in fandom to just create a villain and let that person be a villain no matter what. So I'm not even... I, I, like our, our, our friend Lil Jordan was texting me on Saturday like, you see, I'm getting into a fight with Buster Olney on Twitter. I'm not even mad at him. I'm not. I'm not. Because I get it. It's, it's sort of a rallying thing. And in a weird way, we need that. Now, Buster's a professional. And we, we in, in reality, we got to give, you know... A, as, as negative as he's come off and as ridiculous as it seemed at times, Buster is a, a long-tenured, uh, respected member of the baseball media. We have to be realistic about that, too. Um, Buster Olney's mad because the Orioles are letting um, Adley Rutschman wear Mike Messina's number. As There's a bunch of st things there, right? As a lot of people pointed out, so many players have worn Mike Messina's number since Mike Messina left Baltimore because it ain't retired. So if it's not retired, Adam Plutko, who most of you probably forgot existed, can wear Ad, uh, Mike Messina's number. Adley Rutschman, 
of course, is more significant. And so I'm in a weird place, right? Because there's two things that happen in this conversation. The first is you say, well, hey, why are you suddenly mad about this? This has gone on for years. You, you never said boo when anybody else wore number 35. And the easy answer to that could be nobody even really noticed when some of these cats are wearing number 35 because they weren't relevant enough to care. There's the next part of it, which is I hate the disrespect we show to Mike Messina. I hate I loathe it. I loathe the way we treat him because he wouldn't take an oath of fealty, because he wouldn't get on bended knee and say, you're the prettiest, I promise. That we hold something over Mike Messina because he had the audacity to not have a logo on his cap when he went into the Hall of Fame. And that we pretend like he doesn't exist because of it is shameful. It's, it makes us seem small. We talk a lot about a Napoleonic complex in Baltimore. I feel like we don't have to go out of our way to prove it. Greg Maddox didn't wear a logo on his cap when he went into the Hall of Fame. Do you think that prevented either the Atlanta Braves or the Chicago Cubs from retiring his number? Do you think the Athletics chose not to retire Catfish Hunter's number because he didn't put an Athletics cap on his plaque in the Hall of Fame? We look so pathetic. And I'm not even speaking about the Orioles specifically. I don't like how they've handled it, but as fans, we do a bit where we try to justify it. Well, he never won a World Series here. He chose to go play for the Yankees. Mike Messina was the best thing that happened to pitching in this organization, not named Jim Palmer. For a decade, he was a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher in Baltimore. We have to stop this. It is sad. It is weak. It is pathetic how we treat Mike Messina because the Orioles didn't re-sign him. That was their choice. And I get it. We don't like the Yankees, and it bothers us that it was the Yankees, but they were the one that offered him the money. If the Orioles had, he would have been an Oriole. How did it work out, by the way? Anybody remember anything about the years that followed the 2000 season? The next 10 years while he was in New York and he, what was happening here in Baltimore? Anybody remember which side was the losers in this decision? Oddly, I don't believe in retiring numbers. It's really weird after you hear the entire spiel. I don't believe in it. I think numbers should be retired in air quotes because if we believe that sports teams are going to be around for hundreds of years, I, I don't have any reason to think the Orioles are just going to go away in the year 2100, although I don't know. I can't see the future. But if they continue to exist for some time, we're going to run out of numbers, particularly in football. That's why you don't retire numbers. But even in baseball. We can have everybody wear spring training numbers all the time when we get to the 23rd century because we've retired all the numbers between 1 and 30. So everybody's got to wear number 74. I don't like retiring numbers. I like the idea of taking a number out of rotation for a while. 
And what I really like is the idea that when somebody does wear a number again, you, you sort of do something to honor it being put back into rotation. I think it would have been really cool if on Saturday there had been a video from Mike Messina saying, I know we got, we're really excited about Adley Rutschman. I think it's awesome that he's going to be wearing number 35 in Baltimore. I, I, I love it. That would have been an electric moment. Put it out on social media. Play it before the game. It would have been awesome. I'm opposed to retiring numbers, but I'm drastically opposed to disrespecting Mike Messina. I don't care that Adley Rutschman's wearing number 35, and I won't care if in some year, if they'd select Drew Jones number one overall this year, and in a few years Drew Jones wanted to wear number eight, I would like to have that conversation because I don't believe that numbers should be retired forever. I think it should be taken out of rotation for a little while. And then I think there should be a conversation. Maybe Drew Jones makes a phone call to Cal Ripken. Hey, man, I, I would really like to wear number eight. And let's, let's have a moment where it's cool. And it, it sort of ties the Orioles of the past and the Orioles of the future together. I think that'd be swell. We're going to have to blow past the first break. We'll get it after we talk to Chad Brown. I screwed up. I, didn't, I just looked down and realized it was 1030. We don't, we'll call him in two minutes. But I just... I just looked down and realized we're not going to have time to get the break in before we talk to Chad Brown. My fault. My fault. Well, you're doing a really we'll good job. It. That's why. We'll get to it. I, I, I was getting lost, too. I'm getting fired up. I'm sorry. As you should, I mean, I agree. Like, Because, you know, when I ordered this 35 jersey three years ago, you know, it just wasn't even a thought for me about, you know, Mike Mussina wore that number. And that might say more about me. I'm younger, so I don't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't here. I wasn't around when Mike Mussina was killing it for the Orioles. Um, but, you know, I guess, it, and that's, it could be a reflection on me not doing my due diligence on the Orioles history. But, you know, I just never, it wasn't even a thought I, that I, Mike Messina wore that number. I, it's, it's funny. My, my, our old intern, Lil Jordan, who now works with us in a, a more part time capacity at Press Box, um, Jordan messaged me and he said, Look, I have to admit that some of this is my naivete because of my age about Mike Messina, which I wouldn't be proud of. Like, you, you, should, you should dive in, read a book. Like, read a book. It would be my suggestion. Let's start there. Pick a book. I just read Muggsy Bugs' book. Read that one. I don't know. Read a book. Um, I wouldn't be proud of what you don't know, but I understand it. And that's part of the problem that I have. Because the Orioles haven't done the right thing in how they recognize Mike Messina over the years, guys like you don't even think about it. And again, it's not the end of the world to me. Despite the fact that Mike Messina was the dude, was the reason I wanted to go to the ballpark every fifth day when I was a kid. I have extraordinary reverence for Mike Messina. But again, I still don't think it's the end of the world that somebody would wear number 35 in Baltimore. And I mean this. I don't think it would be the end of the world for somebody to wear number eight. I'm not encouraging it. I'm not saying let's go, let's go give number eight to Rugnet Odor. I'm not trying to say something along those lines. I think the circumstances matter. I think you consider when, why, who, all of those things when you make a decision about someone wearing a previously retired, in air quotes, number. I think Adley Rutschman would be the perfect candidate to put a number back into rotation. The perfect candidate. I just don't want us to disparage and disrespect Mike Messina anymore. I'm sick of that. That infuriates me. It enrages me when we disrespect Mike Messina. Because he wouldn't tell us we were the prettiest. And that's what it comes down to. We're so small. We so desperately need someone to tell us we're pretty. 
you like us more, right? We're prettier than your other girlfriend, right? 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 We were better in bed, weren't we? It's so sad. We are we are so frail and pathetic as sports fans that we pretend like it matters what's on someone's cap. Like Mike Messina didn't pitch for the Orioles for 10 years unless the plaque in a museum has that logo on it. Weak sauce. Embarrassing on our part. We know. We saw it. We lived it. We experienced it for 10 years. Good teams. We got to feel. I would just try calling him from your cell phone in case he doesn't recognize the number. Um, we got to be a part of the Mike Messina era. It kicked ass. It would have been nice if it had been, you know, World Series title, 96 or 97. We might think of it a little bit differently. And yes, we would have preferred he didn't go on to New York when the Orioles decided they weren't going to pay him the money that we didn't fundamentally believe in paying someone who only plays every fifth day. Would have been nice. But it didn't work out that way. And it doesn't change what happened. All right. Get to um, some of your comments. John Little Rock, I know you were fired up all this weekend too. I understand. Why didn't they call him up for Friday night? He was off on Thursday. Makes no sense. I don't believe that they were getting a packed stadium regardless of when they did it. They just really... They just really draw on. I can't believe people are so obsessed over attendance. Um, I mean, they would have gotten a better. They there would have been a better crowd. There's no debate about that. There would have been a better crowd. Would it have been sold out? I, I don't know. That's hard. It's hard to sell a game out. The week's notice, maybe, maybe. If you would a week in advance announce it was Friday night against the Rays, maybe. I mean, there were still a lot of people who went to the concert at Pimlico on Friday night. I I don't know. It was a tough weekend for doing this. Sunday might have been the ideal day. I, not for me, but for everybody else. Don't know. Today's show, also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which does feature one Adley Rutschman on the cover. There he is. Takes a leader. Great cover story from Luke Jackson. It's available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. When we come back in, we're hoping to be joined by Chad Brown, the, uh, the winning trainer from Preakness and early voting. If not, we'll continue on. We know that we have others that are scheduled to join us this morning. Griffin's batting zero for his career. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number no. 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on a GCR, the Monday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow morning at 11.40 a.m. Every Tuesday at 11.40. Every other Thursday at 11.40 for Weekend at Bookies. Every Tuesday at 11.40 for Simply the Bets. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. We will do our best to try to get you set up. Still lots of huge events before the month is over. There is the Javante Davis fight this weekend. There's the UEFA Champions League final, the Indianapolis 500, the NCAA. There's just so much going on. We will do our best to help you with uh, all of those things here on uh, Simply the Bets tomorrow morning at 11.40 a.m. All right, from Dan. Dan says, Glenn, understand everything that you're saying. Is it possible that there was just no perfect way for this to work out? The Orioles genuinely prioritized the idea of Adley Rutschman playing three consecutive games at catcher. They didn't want to pin all of this down on Saturday. But they didn't have a choice. Um, is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. I mean, yes. I'm not. This is why it's important to me. I'm, this isn't about blame for me. I know that we exist in in sort of that universe where every time we have any conversation about anything, what we're really doing is trying to figure out who we blame something on. I, I don't. I I'm not. Bl- it's a bummer. I wish it had worked out differently. But my but my life is not about blame. I'm not blaming anyone for how this played out. It's a bummer that it didn't. But is it possible that the Orioles, you know, really did internally say these are the things that matter? What matters is we need Adley Rutschman to catch X number of days in a week. As soon as he does that, we are good. No matter when it is, that's when we'll start. Yes, that's possible. I wish those two things would have been worked out together that others within the organization would have said, hey, I hear you. Is it possible that maybe you don't need 
four out of six days, that instead three out of five would be good enough. And if that's the case, we could have it happen on a Friday. And that would be much better. Would give us a little bit more time to prepare. That's all. Yes, it's totally possible. As, as I say constantly, the, the world is not evil. These people are not evil. These things occur sometimes. And the Orioles might tell you genuine, they believe that it impacts his ability to be great to start his career. And if he is, they'll be justified. They'll go back and they'll say, hey, look, you were questioning our thought process, but look how great Adley Rutschman was immediately when he was caught up in the major leagues. You really want to go back and revisit any of the decisions that got us to that? And as a, as a group, we might say, no, we don't. We don't want to revisit that because we're happy with what we got. That's totally possible. And from Chris. Chris says, um, oh, yeah, I, I did. We brought up the Grayson Rodriguez thing. So we don't know what the story is with Spencer Watkins and, and when he might be able to pitch. It's contusion. It's possible he needs to skip a start, something along those lines. But no matter what it, what it would be, I would not start Grayson Rodriguez on the road because this goes back to the same thing. It, there's a big difference between... Being in the throes of a playoff race. When you're in the throes of a playoff race, that becomes the priority. That's the best thing you can do. Whatever is best for the baseball team, you always prioritize that. And while the Orioles have been more competitive of late than we expected them to be, and they've shown positive signs, they're not there yet. The trade-off is, and we always say this, if you start somebody, if their first major league game is on the road, there's always a first home game. And that's true. You can always say, if Grayson Rodriguez were to pitch on the road this weekend, it wouldn't change the fact that he would make a first home start. And that first home start would be very exciting. With one possible exception. If he gets shelled in his first start on the road... It absolutely takes some of the luster off of his first home start. Some of the casual fans that have been informed, this dude is the dude. He's the best pitcher that's come up through the system. He's why you're not going to care about Mike Messina in a few years. That's the guy. And then you tune in and you see him get rocked in his first start. That casual fan that doesn't really understand why it is that everybody's so hot and bothered about Grayson Rodriguez might say to themselves, why am I making plans around going to watch this dude pitch again? What's the reason for that? There is no need. It is not the best path to have Grayson Rodriguez make his first start on the road. Is it the I go back to what I said before. Is it the end of the world? No. Again, we all are adults. We're functioning people with brains that can understand that this is not life and death stuff that we're talking about. It is not the end of the world if Grayson Rodriguez makes his first start on the road. If it's not the end of the world if Grayson Rodriguez makes his first start on the road and gets rocked and there's a bit less excitement about the first home start. Again, what matters long term is how good Grayson Rodriguez is. But there's no need to do it. You can bullpen your way through a game. They just did it yesterday. They won bullpenning their way through a game. You can bring up someone else. You can have Keegan Aiken make an emergency spot start. 
There's plenty of things that you can do in order to get through one game. If that's what's required. In order to protect Grayson Rodriguez making his first appearance at Camden Yards. And again, I would feel differently if this was a team that was ready to compete now. If that were the case, then I would say do whatever is best from a baseball standpoint. Whoever your best option is for starting that game, put them on the mound. Because winning is what matters most. We're just not quite there yet. We're not quite at the point where winning is the singularly most important thing that we're dealing with. Until that's the case, I don't go about making my decisions that way. So no, I would not, I would be outwardly opposed to an announcement that Grayson Rodriguez was making his first start on the road. I w- it would bother me. Again, your fans have been through so much. So much. We're just asking you to meet us in the middle a little bit. That's it. That's all. To consider how put upon Orioles fans have been post-2016. Give us this in Baltimore. Give us that feeling. Give us a next magical day. And we didn't even get the full magical day this time. Give us the next one that will drive more people out to the ballpark and create more of an atmosphere. That's what we're asking for. It's not too much. And there is just no way you can sell me on the idea that the importance of that one game on the road for this team outweighs the good vibes. I keep saying vibes. There's got to be a better, the, the good the good nature of what it is that you'd be doing by making sure that Orioles fans got something like that at home. So that's it. That's the end of that. Um, completely off the subject. From, uh, let me cover a few things. Um, I did want to talk, yes, Brent Urban is back. He's with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens get back and they open up OTAs tomorrow. I believe Brent Urban is going to join us tomorrow morning. Um, very sensical signing. Brent Urban is a depth piece. And, you know, has has been a helpful contributor during the course of his career. I, I like Brent Urban. I don't want to go anything beyond that. I don't want to try to make it seem like it's particularly impactful. He's a helpful piece. It's it's a good depth move. Let's not... And we like him, and we like Brent. Brent's a good guy. Always did some wonderful things like My Cause, My Cleats. A lot to like about Brent Urban. Now his wife is very active on Twitter and was doing her Adam Schefter bit over the weekend where she broke the news that Brent was coming back to Baltimore. It's very cute. I like it. I like it. I, I don't have much more than that to say because I can't pretend like someone is something more than they are. Brent Urban's not Michael Pierce. He's not Calais Campbell. He's not one of those. But he's he's a guy that has proven to be a, a helpful depth guy during the course of his career. And so because of that, you know, bully, bully. Brent Urban has returned, and and that's neat, and we like Brent. So, you know, that's about the end of what I have to say. But um, I'm happy for him. And, you know, Ravens fans seem to enjoy the idea of Brent Urban being back. Um, 
God, there are three other things that I had on my list. I want to get to all of them. Oh, the I so I did. I did, as I mentioned, I was not watching the PGA Championship live. I did, however, have a burden on Will Zalatoris, so I was a bit disappointed. I did cash in my Rory McIlroy top ten bet, however, so that that was a thumbs up. Good job. I have a bet in on uh, Will Zalatoris to win, and I shared that with um, if you had been following Live Casino and Hotel. By the way, as always, the best place to be for all the big events is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. So many events coming up this month. I mentioned Champions League. I, the, the month, there's only a couple days left in the month, and there's still massive event after massive event. Champions League, playoffs, Indy 500, the whole deal. Whew. So much happening. The best place to be for all of it is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel with their 61 self-service kiosks. I was bummed because I had that, that ticket in on Will Zalatoris and it didn't cash out. That being said, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know anything about Mito Pereira. I had literally never heard of the guy before yesterday. Pretty awful way for things to go when you get to the final hole of the PGA Championship with an opportunity to win your first major. Pretty awful way for things to go. Kudos to that young man for going and doing the interview and speaking to the media afterwards. Much like Greg Norman once upon a time when he yacked away the Masters. Of course, that was far more dramatic. Um... Because he was Greg Norman. This is a guy nobody had ever heard of. Kudos to not hiding from it and just taking your medicine and all that sort of thing. I wish Justin Thomas was more interesting. I, I just feel like unless you're really into golf, you probably did not care. You had to be super into golf for this to be something that caught your eye. There was nothing for the the casual fan that jumped off the page about the French Open. Or, sorry, the, now I'm getting distracted. About the PGA Championship this weekend. But Justin Thomas is now a two-time winner. Bully for him. I'm saying bully a lot today, but that's sort of the way that I feel. Bully for the Warriors because the Warriors have gone up 3-0 in the Western Conference Finals. Weird weekend in the NBA playoffs. Between the Miami Heat losing Jimmy Butler, yacking up a 26-point lead, and suddenly when it became a one-point game saying, you know what, maybe we should play again. And I guess Jimmy Butler's okay, and I guess the word is he could be back for game four tonight. We're also getting the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder tonight, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what to make of that series at all because I thought the Celtics were the team to beat, and I thought they just needed to get their players back onto the floor. And when we saw in game two, as soon as they got their guys on the floor, all was good. Then the Heat are running them off the floor, and I'm like, well, maybe I'm still being disrespectful to the Heat. But then all it takes is them losing Jimmy Butler. And, well, if they don't have Jimmy Butler, there's no way they can beat a Celtics team that this loaded. Then the Celtics lose Marcus Smart for a minute, and they lose Jason Tatum for a minute. I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is this? Weird, weird Game 3 in that series. Game 3 in the other series, bit easier to define. The Warriors are just better. And I definitely thought the Mavericks... I, I thought going into the series, the Mavericks were more likely to be competitive again with the Warriors. But... I think the Game 2 thing completely deflated them. To play as well as they did on the road and for it to disappear as quickly as it did, it just came off like it's really hard to get up off the mat after that. The Warriors are so insanely loaded. Not only do they have all their guys, but then on Friday night they suddenly had Kavon Looney. And then yesterday they all of a sudden had... Andrew Wiggins. 
it's nutty how much it is they have to offer. The Wiggins dunk, one of the most insane dunks I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, shameful that the officials attempted at first to call it an offensive foul. That was a joke. Glad they got it fixed. I mean, thankfully they got it fixed. Weird. Weird. All I can say. Weird moment where the officials were like, let's maybe take the sting out of this by calling it an offensive foul. What? Awesome. Everything about it. Incredible postseason moment. Memorable for some time. Mavericks basically dead now. And the Luka Doncic story, which has been really incredible, will linger and will be there as the Mavericks look to surround him more in the years to come with better and better players to make them more of a threat. So that's 3-0. It would take one of the great miracles in the history of sports for the Mavericks to get up off the mat. We are, uh, we're running up against it this morning. This is a hell of a way for Griffin to start his uh, time here as producer of the show. We're scheduled to chat with Jameer Young. We were scheduled to chat with Chad Brown a couple minutes ago. I don't know what's going on, but what we're going to do is we're going to grab a break. We're going to see if we can't find these guys and figure out what's happening. We'll come back in. If they don't post, then what we're going to do is move some things around and we'll talk to Ray Parler a little bit earlier. That's how the hour is going to go. We know that Jeremy Kahn's going to join us. He might be the only one. Well, Ray Parler's definitely going to join us. We know that's true. But they might be the only ones. I have no clue what's happening. These, these are the days. Live content. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, I didn't touch on the uh, lacrosse action from the weekend there was concern about Virginia being more prepared. This this Maryland team is a wagon, man. It is insane. I mean, it's just bat ass nuts how they've been able to run through some of the best teams in the country all year long. That doesn't make them infallible. Um, it it's been pointed out by our friend Patrick Stevens. Maryland is getting the late game again on Saturday. That in the last 10 years, the winner of the national championship game has come from the second semifinal only once. Maryland, because of their brand value within the sport, typically gets put in that second semifinal on Saturday. This team is loaded. It's insane how much they have to offer. And they didn't even get off to a hot start yesterday. They were sluggish to start that game and still ended up pummeling Virginia, the defending national champions. But it's tough to play a game on Saturday, late into the early evening, turn around and try to play again very early on Monday afternoon. It's a difficult thing to do against any opponent, but these are top-notch opponents. So that's what they're going to be up against. It is not a guarantee that Maryland is going to win the national championship. It's far from a guarantee. Are they definitely the best team going into the weekend? Oh, yeah. They are definitely the best team going into the weekend. But this is a hard thing to do to go play two lacrosse games in a short amount of time. They'll get Princeton on Saturday afternoon at 2.30. It's a good Princeton team. If they were to win that, 
they would again advance to Monday afternoon. And then they'd have to play another really good team. And they'd have to do it with less rest. And I get it, it's only a difference of about two and a half, three hours, but it's still less rest. And that's not ideal. As waiting for them would be the winner of the Cornell Rutgers game. And I get it, they played Rutgers. They dominated Rutgers this season. But it guarantees nothing when you get to this short turnaround. It is remarkable watching this Maryland team. It's really incredible. Also, congratulations to the Maryland baseball team who clinched the Big Ten regular season title outright over the weekend. And they have put themselves into a place where they almost have to be hosting a regional. There's been talk about them being a national seed and maybe having the chance to host a super regional in the NCAA tournament. It's not ideal because of their facilities, but my God, we're going to try to catch up with someone from Maryland baseball tomorrow, see how that works out. But um, obviously, if you're a Maryland fan, you combine that with the fact that the Maryland women are back in the Final Four after they won on Thursday against Florida. Things, it's been a wonderful spring if you care about sports other than football and basketball, and I think you should. It's been a wonderful, wonderful spring for Maryland fans as men's and women's lacrosse and Maryland baseball have all been phenomenal and all have opportunities to do incredible things in the coming weeks. Okay, let's move some things around. I say we're going to talk with Ray Parler right now, and hopefully maybe somebody who was supposed to join us before will end up getting back in touch with us so we can make that happen a bit later on this hour. We, uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on. Time difference. He's on the other side of the world. A legend in the sport of football, but the other football, the one that John Little Rock likes. Telling us a bit more about an event that's coming to Baltimore this summer. Let's chat with Ray Parler right now here on Glenn Clark Radio. Well, let's talk some uh, let's talk some football now here on GCR. And you know, there is a massive event coming to Baltimore's M&T Bank Stadium this summer, and I am really excited for Everton and Arsenal. And I said, well, who is someone that could tell me a little bit more about what it is that I should expect from this event coming up a little bit later on this summer? And I thought, man, this guy, a legend and an incredible media personality, why wouldn't I bring Ray Parler onto the program to tell me more about what is coming up? Ray, it's Glenn here in Baltimore. It is such an honor to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. How are you doing, Glenn? Yeah, very good indeed to speak to you guys. It's so great to chat with you, my friend. First of all, before we get into this, take me through watching yesterday. I mean, my God, what a wild day that was. Yeah, it was indeed. And always the last game of the season is always very special. Uh, I'm so, I was so pleased that lots of uh, things were still at stake. I mean, relegation and obviously the title race was unbelievable. I mean, Aston Villa, Stephen Gerrard doing a, an old favourite to his, uh, his old team. Uh, Liverpool, then right. obviously Liverpool coming and getting back into it. And Man City, what a what an end to the game. Unbelievable. And, and they won the title in the end. And obviously Leeds, a massive game for Leeds at Brentford. They got the result they needed to stay in the Premier League and Burnley went down. Uh, and obviously Spurs, I didn't have I thought Spurs would do the job at noise because they've already been relegated and obviously they 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 claim the fourth place. But yeah, I think the Premier League is always great and it's always nice if you're neutral. To go into that last game of the season, we have so much at stake for lots of clubs. And 
You know, certainly I was on the edge of my seat. I'm not even in a Man City or Liverpool fan. So right, right. It, it was so exciting to see the end of the Premier League. And it's been a good Premier League this year. It's been really, really exciting. I, you know, I, I found myself, I, I have to admit, Ray, I'm not I'm not a particular fan of one any, any one club, right? But I was hanging out yesterday with a Liverpool fan. And, yeah. and they were going on about how much hope they had because Steven Gerrard is just going to want to stick it to him. Like, that's just the way that it goes. <laughs> and, and I felt like that was such a cool storyline as part of all of that was the Steven Gerrard side of things. Obviously, did not work out um, as, as Man City came through the way that it did. But my God, what it added to just a spectacular day. Absolutely. And Steven Gerrard, what a legend he's been for Liverpool Football Club. So uh, all those years at playing for the club. And obviously playing against uh, Manchester City, uh, with Liverpool still got a chance of winning that uh, well, quadruple, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been an amazing achievement. They've still got Real Madrid left in the Champions League next week, so it's another big game for, for Liverpool. But, you know, the way it, it sort of it swung both ways, I mean, Man City going 2-0 down, that was a massive shock. Then Liverpool won nil down, and they come back and get, oh, it was it, it was a crazy day if you're a football fan and uh, a neutral to just to see the emotions of different sort of fans because you saw Man City fans at one stage it panned on Man City and they thought they'd blown it and then all of a sudden they get two quick goals and they're back in it and uh, it's, it's a brilliant day's football in, in England. No, really, it, really it was, was. incredible. Do you, do you, by the way, what do you think of, uh, of Liverpool's chances? It's obviously coming up this Saturday and <clears throat> Ray, I might uh, I might choose to put a few dollars on whatever it is oh, that you yes. tell me about. Well, what to, I... be, to be fair, I mean, there, there was one punter here in England. I've just read it up, and he, he, he had a cash out for £95,000 when uh, Aston Villa were 2-0 up against Manchester City, um, and he didn't take it, I think for £100, uh, I think it was. And uh, he, he stayed in the bet because, obviously, Liverpool looked massive favourites to win the title. At one stage uh, in in that game, and obviously, and all they had to do was beat Real Madrid next week. So he stayed in the bet, and oh. obviously, Man City come back and uh, done the business in the end. So he'd be he'd have a sore head this morning. Yes, sure. yes, I would be particularly <laughs> troubled by it. Uh, if you were to say consider putting a few uh, a, a few pounds one way or the other on the Champions League final, what direction do you think maybe? You know, let's just say hypothetically, a guy like me with a bit of a gambling problem might want to look towards. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think all, all maps back to Liverpool winning it. Um, if I'm being honest, I think Liverpool are the better side, Real Madrid. But Real Madrid, you never know with with a, 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 a side with so much history in the competition. You know, the manager's so, uh, you know, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti in big, big games. They've got some big, big game players who can turn up on the occasion. So, uh, look, I'm going to go Liverpool, but okay. you know, I think there might be a few goals as well because I, I think Benzema has been brilliant this season. I think he's uh, he's up there, one of the top goal scorers in the, in the Champions League. So, I think there'll be a few goals, but I'm going to stick with Liverpool. He is Arsenal legend Ray Parler. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. On July 16th, Arsenal and Everton are squaring off at Baltimore's M&T Bank Stadium. And it's an event that we want to support for a couple reasons. One, because it's an awesome event. But two, it's just a reminder of what kind of soccer city Baltimore is. And we all know that we're only a couple of weeks away from finding out if Baltimore's going to get World Cup matches. And just want to show major support towards events like this in hopes of landing the World Cup. 
Um, Ray, if I could, you know, when an event like this, I, I never know exactly what it is that we're getting. When we get a summer match between these two sides, obviously the, the brands, Arsenal, Everton, we know the history, we know the significance of these two clubs. When you do a summer tour like this, what should we expect from these two clubs coming to our city? Well, believe it or not, yeah, I think it's a very, very important time for any football player during the preseason. I mean, this is where you get your body ready for the long, long, hard season in the Premier League, which it is a tough league. And if you have a good pre-season, you always start very well in the league. Um, so I think both managers, obviously Frank Rampard, just about stayed up this year for Everton. They, they left it late to uh, stay in the Premier League. I'm sure there'll be a few um, players moving clubs and coming to Everton, coming to Arsenal, uh, wanting to prove that they're good enough. And uh, Arsenal got some good young players uh, already playing. In the team, so I think it'd be a great occasion. I, I was I was lucky to go with the team in LA, and they played in Charlotte as well, which was a, a fantastic. Loads of people turned up; they had a really good day out, uh, and I'm sure it'd be the same in Baltimore. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm just hope everybody can come out. With we'll have a few beers, we'll have a bit of fun, and you can watch a really good soccer match because the more more people there, always is much better atmosphere mm-hmm. and. You know, the players respond to atmospheres, I promise you. I've been there. Uh, when there's more fans there and you, you want to show off, you want to show how good you are. And hopefully that be the case when the, when the fans come to uh, the stadium and uh, can enjoy a really, really good competitive game as well. Because when you're playing against teams you already know, it's always very competitive against Everton. So it uh, should be a great afternoon. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not even playing, but I'm looking forward to coming to Baltimore uh, and, and sampling all your food and drink. Heck and, yes. And a good time. Heck yes. yes. I'll get you some crab cakes while you're here, Ray. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Charm City match again is coming up in July, July 16th, and tickets are available right now via Ticketmaster. Let's get this thing sold out quickly. Let's give the folks at FIFA one more thing to think about as they make this final decision. Ray, that's sort of the undertone. Like We're excited about the match. I don't want to be clear about yes. that. We're very excited about the match. But the undertone is we are a couple of weeks away from 2026 World Cup cities being announced. And Baltimore and D.C. have sort of combined their bid. And so the, the nation's capital has said, you guys can host the matches. We'll host the other events if we're picked as one of the host cities. And yeah. I can't fathom... This, we're talking about the, the 250th anniversary of our country. I don't know if that's still a sore subject. I'd like to hope that we've moved past that between our countries. Yeah. I'd like to hope that's the case. The 250th anniversary of our country, our, our 250th birthday, our nation's capital being involved. Baltimore and D.C. have to be part of the 2026 World Cup, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely. I, I went to the 1994 one, believe it. Okay. Uh, back in the day, a long, long time ago, and it was a great event. It really was fantastic, it, and probably it, football wasn't on the map as much as it is now. No doubt. So I'm sure that you know if you do win it, let's hope, let's hope, fingers crossed that you do. I'm sure you, you'll you'll have a party. You'll have a oh. you, know, you know how to. Everywhere I've gone in the states, they know how to to do uh, you know matches facilities wise. They've got everything there. So. Yeah, let's 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 pray that you can get it, and uh, that'd be great for your country, great for the community. Um, if you can get World Cup uh, games in Washington and Baltimore, uh, and that would be a magnificent uh, achievement if you can do it. Oh, we are. I mean, it would it would be so impactful for our city. Oh, it, absolutely. You know, just yeah. overwhelming. And I try to explain it to people. Like there, there is not. There's so little comparison to the impact that something like this. There's just few events. Well, this is, 
it's the biggest competition in the world. Right. Right? I mean, you know, everybody knows the World Cup. This is it. Four every four years. Very, very special tournament. Uh, you know, this is the one to win. If you if you're playing for your nation. Uh, and USA have got better. They've improved every single year, and it'd be great if it's in um, the USA, and especially uh, your Washington and Baltimore. That would that would be amazing for, for, as I said before, for the local guys, and to see a World Cup match live in your your city would be magnificent. Just another minute or two here with Ray Parler as we're getting ready for Arsenal and Everton here in Baltimore this summer. Ray, you guys have seen him over there for the last couple of years. How excited should we be about Christian Pulisic and how specifically, as thank God, the United States find their way back into the World Cup this year? And uh, I'm not going to say we weren't nervous a little bit. Um, do you think they're any more of a threat to make some noise within this tournament? I hear there's a big match coming up the day after uh, Thanksgiving here in this country. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that America are involved. It's, it's a huge country. I, I think that every year, you know, I, I, it's all about the academies now for the American side. I mean, the English certainly got better in academy-wise. The, the, the kids are getting taught a different style of football now. They're much more comfortable on the ball. And it's the same as in America. I mean, you know, you've got such a big uh, a net of, for people to, to, to choose from. So if you can get the coaching right, and the youngsters can improve, mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll be a big, big force going forward. I'm sure you will. Um, you know, it might take a little bit of time, but as long as you go out and enjoy it and the kids can get better and better and everybody's coming through. And Pulisic, as you mentioned, very, very special player. Um, if you can get a few more of, of talented as him, then you, you'll definitely have a good chance. But, yeah, it's great that America are in the World Cup and I think everybody wants to see big countries in, in the World Cup and try and compete. And I'm sure they will on the day. A lot of it is down to nerves sometimes, as you as you guys uh, said there. But you've just got to go out and believe in yourself uh, as a nation and uh, do your best you can. Plus, we've, we're carrying that huge draw streak into the matchup with England in November. We, you know, we we we're, we're hot in our in our. Yeah, history. yeah, that's going to be a difficult game for England. I mean, England have got some good players. They're, they're improving all the time. Got good young players. Uh, I think Gareth Southgate's got a lot of players to pick from in England who uh, are playing very well. But it's always going to be a good matchup, England and America. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic game. Obviously, I'll have my English shirt on. You'll have your of American shirt on. Of but let's hope it's a really good nature game and everybody has a bit of fun and, and hopefully we can see a cracking game. Uh, and by the way, it's going to be weird doing this in November. It makes no bloody sense. But hey, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, whenever know, they, yeah. they could play in the middle of January, we'd be excited about it. <laughs> That's the <laughs> way that it Ray, I, I mentioned I know you're you're heavy in the the world of media now and working with the BBC Radio and Talk Sport. What what all can we plug for you? Where can people find you and what it is that you're doing? Uh well, I'm just I, I just enjoy myself now. I mean, uh, I do I do talk sport uh, probably two 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 three times a week. Sometimes it's always a great show. Me and Alan Brazil in the morning. It's always great fun. I don't know what sort of time it, it kicks off in, in the States, but uh, we have got quite a few listeners in America. Yep. Uh, and we always enjoy having a bit of fun. It, it's like being down the pub our shows where we're just having a bit of fun and, you know, we have a little bit of a script. We, we go off the beat and we go off the script sometimes and talk about things in general and what we got up to. And it's, it's always a great, great listen. So, yeah, I really enjoy that. Obviously, I, I really look forward to going away with Arsenal during the pre-season. And it's been a really tough couple of years for everybody, hasn't it? With the COVID, no, no one's been away, so 
it's great that everybody now is getting back to normal and trying to, you know, um, do the tours again. And I remember we were supposed to come to you, you guys last year and he got called off a day before because oh. a few of the players had COVID and, you know, my bags were packed, ready to go. And it was big, it's bad news and we couldn't go in the end. So we, I think everybody's really looking forward to coming this year um, to play in Baltimore and obviously down at Orlando. Uh, and it's great for the fans to see people up in, you know, in the flesh, if you like. I know you guys get No, I get it. Yep, I get different it. Different hours to watch games. And we always, we've got great support in America. I remember going to LA. We had loads of fans there. Went down to Charlotte. We played there. That was amazing. It was brilliant. So uh, the players will be really looking forward to it come July the 16th, being in Baltimore. And I've never been to Baltimore, so I'm really looking forward to it myself. Well, we can't wait to have you guys. And again, we're hoping everybody goes out and gets their tickets right now in order yeah. to support Arsenal and Everton July 16th here at M&T Bank Stadium. Ray Parler, a pleasure, man. It's at Real Romford Pele, correct, on Twitter? Is how everybody yes, it is. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of drinking going on in my uh, you know, sometimes. <laughs> hey, but, man. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm allowed to do it now because I'm retired and I, I enjoy myself. <laughs> and, uh, I'm called Party Parler on the radio. So it's a nightmare. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, while you're in town, if I can make it work, there'll be a couple of brewskis on me. Uh, while, oh, absolutely. While, uh, Glenn, I will come and I'll, I'll love you today. I love you know, it. Go have a couple of beers. I love it. Hey, Ray Parler, a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much. You're taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Can't wait to see you here in our fair city a little bit later this summer. All right. Brilliant. Thanks, Glenn. All the best, pal. Carla, checking in with us here on uh, GCR. And um, look, I, I can't, I, I'm not trying to scare you into, well, you better buy tickets or we're not going to get the World Cup. As you know, I don't, I don't do that type of shtick. I can't, however, pretend like I don't think. That if they see that this event is sold out, it's one more thing to add to the pile. So that's why I'm encouraging you. I I'm I actually am, am sad. I uh, doing the math. I'm gonna be out of town. I can't make it back in time, which sucks. Because I would be there. I a hundred percent would be there. I just think everything we can do right now, as John pointed out earlier, John Little Rock pointed out. Preakness is by far the biggest economic impact. But yes, hosting World Cup matches would be unlike anything we've ever seen before within this city. Maybe maybe the papal visit at Camden Yards would be the closest thing. But even that had a limit to how many people could be there, just based on the size of the stadium. But that would be the closest thing I could compare. Nothing like it. So just encourage you as much as you can possibly do. Also, um, I, I've been meaning to respond. I'm sorry. Uh, Paul has checked in a few times via the YouTube comments this morning. I apologize. I was, I got going. I got riled up in the first hour. Said a few things that I wanted to respond to. One, Mike Messina is a sellout. No, he's not. Mike Messina is as much a sellout as you are if another company says, hey, what are you making at your job $80,000? Would you rather be making $150,000? It's nonsense. It's pathetic. We are sad when we say these things. We are, it's comical. Mike Messina didn't force his way out of Baltimore. He didn't piss on the city. He wanted to be compensated after he had already taken a hometown discount once. He wanted to be compensated for what he did. The Orioles didn't do that. 
we're pathetic. We are sad when we say things like that. Mike Messina was a, a sellout. Stop it. Also, yes. So you're saying that number three should be worn by some loser in New York and that Babe Ruth doesn't deserve to have his number retired. I'm saying you retire numbers in air quotes. You take them out of rotation. But unless you're planning, if, if you don't think that baseball is going to be around in 300 years, this probably doesn't concern you. But if you retire permanently every significant number, you're going to run out of numbers. Or everyone's going to have to wear numbers in the 80s. Or you're going to have to start putting triple digits on jerseys. We just got to be reasonable about this. At some point, you can let someone else wear a number. And I'm not saying let any old schlub wear them. But if a significant player comes to town, an Adley Rutschman, and wants to wear a previously retired number, an organization would do well to say, hey, this would be kind of cool. A kind of a neat thing that we can do to remind people about the history of that player. Let that player or that player's family have a moment with this, this new player who's going to be wearing the number. It creates a cool thing. And the idea that a number... It's a number, man. We're not saying go dance on someone's grave. We're saying they can wear the same number a great player wore. You're right. We don't know if Adley Rutschman is going to prove to be the, the player that we all think he is. But there's no reason why he can't wear a number. You're also uh, you're fundamentally talking about the marketing team. Um working together, and they both work against each other because they have no idea what the hell... You're getting into the weeds, man. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing the blame game. Not doing the blame thing. You won't get me to do it. Won't. Refuse to do the blame thing. I'm just bummed. Everybody's got jobs to do. And from a baseball standpoint, if they think they did the best thing in bringing up Adley Rutschman, and that's still a tough sell for me, why it was so significant that he caught a certain amount of days. Why he couldn't have DH'd an extra day or two in the major leagues. You can't tell me why that mattered. You can't. You can't sell me that it had to happen that way. If it works, it works. Awesome. It'd be tremendous if it works out. But you can't sell me that this was definitely the best thing. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and give him a call. We'll take a break later. Just go ahead. Um, you can't sell me on that. But if the baseball people said, hey, this is what we're doing, I'm sure there was somebody. I, I guarantee somebody within the organization said, can we think about this a little bit more? Just think about it. And whoever won out, won out. And that's it. That's the end of it. You know, there's, It's over now. The decisions were made. We can't change them. I make a decision every Monday at 11.30 to chat with my friend Jeremy Kahn here on Glenn Clark Radio. I also, I did not know this. I was informed of something. Uh, Jeremy and I might, we might have to hate each other for a little while. Good morning, Jeremy Kahn. How are you, my friends? We have to hate each other? Yeah, well, I mean, at, at least pretend for the sake of the of the con. This is like pro wrestling, I think. Um, this news is awful. I just got the message. I had no idea. So it makes sense to me that you are nominated for Radio Host of the Year. 
right? Oh, I did. I did. It, hear it about makes this. plenty of sense to me that you are nominated for Radio Host of the Year. I tell you what makes no bloody well, sense to me. I was just informed that I was also hosted or nominated for Radio Host of the Year by the Baltimore Sun. Now, why that doesn't make sense is because if you read down the list of nominees, everybody else is on the radio. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, still doing a show. I, I, and, I, and I know that I'm also back on the radio now, but it's so funny. You read down the list of all the people that are not. And our friend uh, Lynn, of course, uh, who has meant so much to Mo during his life, mm-hmm. was the one who just informed me of this. I'm reading down the list. It's April Watts from 1500, uh, C4 and Brian Neiman, WBAL, my, the whole. I, there's literally one person who doesn't have a radio station listed next to their name. It's Glenn. That's you. Yeah. Glenn Clark, Press Box Radio, which is not on the radio. So that must mean, no matter what happens in this vote, that you are the best non-radio That's radio exactly host. what it is. I think I can go ahead yeah. and claim victory in that list. Winner. I can declare yeah. that I was the victor of the non-radio radio part. Yeah. <laughs> it it makes, is pretty cool. Like I was looking at... Uh, what uh, you're up for best show as well? As, uh, Wait, what? Yeah, I thought you Why? were up for best show with our show and Jerry Sandusky, which I didn't even know he hosted. Oh, I had no idea. You're right. Sport yeah. best sports talk show. The nominees are Jerry Sand. Jerry Sandusky does not do a talk show on WBAL. <laughs> hey, Pete, I'm going to tell everybody to vote for him. Yeah, I've already yeah. told everybody to I'm vote for you. Priestley because I'm, I think he. I do like Priestley. with all due respect to everyone else. And, you know, like, you'll get a ton of credit from people. And I think all of us in some capacity are, are good at what they do. I've never met anyone that I think is as good at their job as Priestley is. He's really like, good. He's really good at what he does. And, and He just always has energy, and he's always yeah. happy, and it's not fake. You know when it's fake, and it's not fake with him. So I I'm, I I it's completely agree. I mean, I, I have great affinity for Priestley, too, and I know how much he meant to Mo and I'm I'm with you. Let's all vote for Priestley, and uh, I'll vote. I'm going to vote right now for the Big Bad Morning Show. I had, oh, by the way, you just informed me that I was nominated in that category. They couldn't have stacked that deck. They literally put you guys, <laughs> an actual radio show, up against two non-radio shows. One well, that isn't a show in any capacity. <laughs> it's, look, I did say it. It's it's pretty cool to see the station, yeah, see my name, and see the show that I'm on right. being nominated. Like you know, with all due respect to, to everyone, like everything out there, I, like winning those things. People say it all the time. It doesn't mean anything, but when your name's called, it's really cool. But I just think there's so many good people in our industry that um, you know. I just I, I I love being in that group with with all these great names. We, we by the way, we're both just lucky they didn't put Rita's name on the list because yeah. if they did, we'd have no chance. You've seen the fun I had with Rob Ling, Rob Long's name being up there, my name being up there, and saying, "Ed, I don't see you anymore." Oh, no doubt, right? So he's like, "The Baltimore Sun hates me." <laughs> there might there might be truth to that. By the way, <laughs> I know, and he's not lying. Yeah, yeah he might very well okay. be right about that. <laughs> All right, so that's we're just going to have to hate each other for a little while. I tell you what, Con, I'll see you at Mania. I'll get yeah. you in the... Yeah, that's the way it's going to go. That's the way it's going to go. Hey, going to be a slobber docker. How, how did you handle this, right? Because I, I admittedly, I hate the fact that there was any... I, I just wanted Adley Rutschman coming up to be this like sort of glorious moment and uh, a reward for suffering Orioles fans. And I hate the fact that like it turned into a greater debate about the timing of it and the day they did it. And the fact that I can't even, I, I couldn't pretend like I'm not bummed out about it because I wasn't able to be there and I would have wanted to have been there. 
Um, and so it's disappointing to me, and I can't pretend like it is, and I can't hide from that. How did you guys handle it when... It, how are we not bummed out by the fact that only 17,000 people were able to make it out for what should have been the best moment in Baltimore baseball in at least six years? Yeah, I mean, you had Preakness going on. You had Like, I had two events that day. I don't know if I told you, but I, um, I, I had the Emily Evans concert to raise awareness for addiction, which is the second year I've done that. I was out there with Christy Breslin and uh, Tyler Daniels, and um, they did 12 hours of live bands and just raising money. It's it just what they do is incredible uh, for, for that uh, situation with uh, George lost his daughter, Emily, to addiction. Uh. And um, so he's made it his cause and, and deserves a ton of credit for what they put on. So I was doing that during the afternoon. And in the evening, I was interviewing uh, two guys from the Sandlot. I was interviewing Smalls oh. and and also the the um, Brandon Adams, who uh, was the pitcher and, and oh, also yes. played the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So I interviewed Where was those that? guys. By the way, when you have time off the air, uh, you and I need to have a conversation about some things that I learned about behind the oh scenes. Oh my god! So, oh my yeah. god! Oh, I'm excited yeah, about that. Sandlot. Oh, yeah. it's not. Wait a second, though. It's not going to ruin it for me, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. It won't ruin it. But there's apparently one guy that they they all didn't like. Oh, so, oh! Uh, I'm really yeah. interested in that now, dude. Did, did I ever tell you that Smalls called into the show and we didn't know he was calling in once? Really? It was the happiest. So whatever the there was an anniversary a, a couple years ago. I don't remember what, what anniversary. I guess the twentieth, probably the twenty. Oh my god, definitely not the twentieth. Twenty fifth, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, 25th would have made sense a couple and, years ago. And, and we had reached out to a bunch of the guys, right? And I never heard back from Smalls. And and all of a sudden, the phone rings in the middle of the show. Like Kyle and I look at each other like, we don't know who it is. And I, I don't even know how he got the number, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But he picks up and he's like, and he says whoever he is. And, and Kyle's like, I don't know, you know, like who... Because I, I don't, what, what's the gentleman's name? Remind me, I'm sorry. Thomas Guyry. Yes, thank you, Thomas. He's like, yeah, it's Thomas Guyry, and Kyle. So like, cool. What? You, what can I do for you? you? Want to talk is, about Thomas? Yeah. Is it a wrong number? <laughs> like, what? What is that? And he said, "Oh, I'm Scotty Smalls." <laughs> and Kyle's face just like lights up, and he's like, "Okay, hang on a second. He puts the phone down. I'm, you know, because this is not like, as you know, you've been in studio. It's not like a radio yeah. show where we just keep doing our show. It's very distracting. We're literally in the same room. And I look at Kyle, and I'm like, dude, what the F? Like, I'm thinking, like, he's wasting time. He's on the phone. I'm trying to do a show. I was, you know, probably fired up about whatever stupid thing. The Ravens not having enough wide receivers, if I had to guess. And um, <laughs> and I look at him, and he's like, uh, Scotty Smalls is on the phone. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Well, it it's funny, too, because, like, he told some really cool stories. Like, I, you know, the inevitable question is how tired are you hearing uh, are you of hearing you're killing me smalls? And he goes, it kind of comes with the territory. You got to get used to it. It's an iconic line from a movie. It was made in the t-shirt that almost every single human being has. Um, but he said, the funniest thing is whenever he sends his kids to bed or he tells them to turn off the video games, they always yell to him. You're killing me smalls. Oh, um, that's so, awesome. Yeah, oh, that's he's got so great. God, yeah. that's great. That but is but getting back to the original point, like, yeah. yeah, I was upset because I really didn't get to see it. I, I had pre-commitment, and it kind of came out on like on a day you really don't expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. We thought it would be Friday. But the only thing I'll say about that is, yeah, the timing wasn't great, at least for me personally. But now we get to enjoy him for the rest of right. however long his tenure will be in Baltimore. So knowing that that name's going to be in the lineup on almost every single day, 
that's appointment setting for me. I look, and, and that is as I as I said in my comedy, that ultimately is what matters the most. Is that Adley Rutschman is the guy that we've always wanted him to be. That Adley Rutschman becomes the the star player that makes you want to go to the ballpark for the next ten to fifteen years. I joke that. You know, when my when my ass is far too old, my sons will throw me in a car and drive me up to Cooperstown to watch Adley Rutschman go into the Hall of Fame, right? Like, that's that's what really matters. It's just, I can't hide from the fact that it's a bummer. That's all. I'm, have I'm have you gotten into the, the whole Buster Olney thing at all with the order? So, we talked like, about it. I, I, I'm in a weird place, right? I, Jeremy, I, um, I'll give you an example. I said this a couple seconds ago. I know that J.J. Redick has become one of the best commentators in all of sports television in recent years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get me to stop hating J.J. Redick. You won't get me to do it. Because in a weird way, I think there's something great about fandom that you just irrationally hate someone. And that like everybody does it together. And as long as it doesn't become harmful, like as long as you're not seeking that person out to threaten them or do something awful to them, as long as it's good-natured hate, I think there's something great about it. There's a common enemy. We all dislike this person. So... I accept that Orioles fans have decided that Buster Olney's that guy. And there's definitely been things that Buster Olney have said that have been absurd. You know, like that the Orioles were single-handedly ruining baseball. Like, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Now, his greater point, I actually agreed with, which was, I don't think it's good that there are this many teams that are not trying at all every year. Fair enough. I, I don't like that. But the way that he would single out the Orioles... Yes, it was absurd, right? Like, what what are we doing? So I well, can you can find tweets side by side of him praising the Astros for right, what they were doing right. years ago when they were in their rebuild and trashing the Orioles. And then the thing that really chapped my ass this, this past week is when the Orioles lost whatever that last game was that put them on pace to lose over a hundred games. Mm-hmm. That was the first time he tweeted out year long all year long that these teams. No, oh, he's been, he had in the chamber. He's been waiting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, been he waiting for a, a five game losing streak in order to say something like that. So and, here's and, my here's my issue ahead. with this weekend, Jeremy. My issue is I have two distinctly. I, I, let me start with that. I'm good with Duncan on Buster Olney, right? Like I, it, mm-hmm. the the fan base rallies behind it as long as again we don't take it too far and we don't you know th- th- stop with the name calling, stop with that, right? Like that makes us look pathetic. But just hating on someone or or, or dunking them on the, on them on the internet, fine. You know, like let's we all can rally behind it. I also know. That is, so many people have pointed out, plenty of people have worn the number 35 since Mike Messina, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, however, it's easy to, to think about why it is that we don't necessarily remember that some of these people wore the, the number 35, because we don't remember who they are, frankly. <laughs> we don't remember them being Baltimore Orioles. What I struggle with and what I truly hate in my soul is anytime something like this happens and we disparage Mike Messina, that yeah. oh, pisses that me off. Like it, well, it's it it's makes okay us to be small. angry at him that he he left and went to the Yankees because you're an Orioles fan. But ultimately, you got to put yourself in his shoes. Were they offering the same amount of money? Was, did he feel like he had a better shot to win elsewhere? Was he unhappy being here at the very end? I mean, all these things factor in. It is weird. That had he, he literally already about, once taken a hometown discount to stay in Baltimore before that, yes. which pissed off the entire union that he did it the first time. Yeah, I, I don't like when people go, he's not a Hall of Famer. He shouldn't have done He won 270 games. My God. We're, we're never going to see another 300 winner in Major League Baseball. It's just not going to happen with the way that the league's constituted. It's just, you're, you're not going to see it. So my, my issue becomes then when people start bashing Mucina, it's like, why? 
Are you still angry that he left and went to the Yankees? Okay, he went there and he didn't win. Maybe you can have some solace in that, that he never won a championship with him. Okay, hats off to you. Just admit he was a great player and you loved him when he was here. That's it. That's it. That's it. He was a great player. A great mm-hmm. player. And I, I, like, it, it comes off to me so pathetic I always say, this is about, tell me that I'm pretty. Like We come off as just the worst ex-girlfriend of all time. Tell me I was prettier than your other ex-girlfriend. Tell me I was prettier than your current wife. We are so small and pathetic that we obsess so much over the stupid Hall of Fame plaque. You know who definitely doesn't obsess that way? The Atlanta Braves and Chicago Cubs, who both yeah. retired Greg Maddox's number despite the fact they didn't put a, a cap on his plaque in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, It's sad, man. And I get it. Mike Messina didn't win a World Series here. I'm not trying to say that Mike Messina is Jim Palmer. And I, weirdly, Jeremy, I actually don't believe in retiring numbers forever. Like I don't either. I think it's, you know, it should be... Like Jackie Robinson, that number across the board, I, that, it's, a, it's great. I, I love that. Yes, there's something more meaningful to it. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, and even letting a guy like Rivera, once they retired it, kind of you know, be the last guy to wear it, I, I thought was uh, kind of a cool thing I thought it well. was a little but, disrespectful to Lenny Webster, but, you know, like, I get enough. it. Right, right. Well, I was going to say, too, do you need me to say those two things to you out loud on your show so you know it? Because you know I feel that way. You are prettier than all my ex-girlfriends. Thank you, Thank you, you Jim. You are prettier than And by the way, what I appreciate about you is that you text me that at least once a month. Like, you yeah. know that I am fragile, and you know that I am a, a precious butterfly, and you need to remind me constantly that I'm the prettiest of all of your exes. And, I, and it means a lot to me. I hope you know that. Yeah, um, I still wish you were my current. You know, that's just how I feel, and I always feel that way. But you know what I mean, though? Like, it, I, I don't, you know, like, I think it would have been awesome if on Saturday this had been the first time someone wore number 35 since Mike Messina, and they had called Mike, and I know that Mike's, you know, not, he is certainly not the personality that loves doing this type of stuff, but I think if you had given him a lot of warning about it, you probably could have gotten him to to say, hey, I'm really excited to see Adley Rutschman and him wearing number 35. I think you could have created this electric content to go out on social media of Mike Messina essentially giving his blessing, even if it was forced, that the, another player was going to wear the number 35. And I, I'd be okay with that. I know that sounds blasphemous, and there's people that are already pissed off at me about this this morning. I'd be okay if, if, if it's Drew Jones in three years, and he wants to wear the number five or the number eight. I'd be okay with that, too. Say, hey, have him call Cal Ripken and say, this is why I want to wear your number. And let Cal say, all right, man, I get it. I, I just yeah, Much like the Cowboys did with uh, CeeDee Lamb and Des Bryant wearing Michael Irvin's number, you know? so it, it's it, I, There are only so many numbers. Like, if, if these franchises are going to be around for three to five, this is what we forget. We think we might be in the infancy of, still, of professional sports franchises. The Orioles mm-hmm. have existed for, you know, nearly 70 years, but why do we think they won't be around for another 300? Why do we think that, like, baseball will just go away? And at some point, if we keep retiring numbers forever, and you're a even decent organization, 
everybody's going to be wearing spring training numbers. Like, everybody's going to be wearing a number in the 70s. Do you think uniforms start getting, like, passwords nowadays where... Somebody mentioned you know, that. Maybe we go to the triple digits, right, or right. maybe we throw an ampersand in there. Some, or, somebody you know, the somebody said that to me that. recently. Like, why don't we, we... We can put a letter on there. Like, you could be number... You could be number 8A, right? Like, what are we doing? Why is a number such hallowed revere? Why have we pretended like it would be so sacrilegious for someone else to wear a number? Take it out of rotation for a while. I get it. For a while, don't let anybody else wear that number to show reverence towards that player. But at some point in the future, and by the way, it's been 20 years for Mike Messina, and I don't think that Mike Messina's number needed to be held out quite as long as Brooks Robinson's number or Cal Ripken's number needed to be held out. So it's been 20 years since Mike Messina wore the number in Baltimore. This would be a perfect time and the perfect player to say, hey, let's pull that one back into the rotation. It's time. Yeah. We're good. And, and maybe maybe we change it to 3.5 for Adley. Uh, ironically, <laughs> the number of years it took him to get to the major. Oh, because man. They, oh, see, well, maybe that's oh. not even accurate. God. <laughs> oh man. But I think he's going to be special. Yes, I am very excited about Adley Rutschman. Uh let's talk about Top Gun. Are you I guess I don't even I don't think you and I have ever even had a Top Gun conversation over the years, right? Oh, you said Top Gun. I thought you said Tops cuz I was saying <laughs> I was going to respond with Bottoms. Yeah, right. But I didn't know. By, right. by the way, are you familiar I I just saw the trailer for it over the weekend. Are you familiar that there is um a, a motion picture coming out called Bros? Bros. Who's yes. in it? It's a. Uh, it was a uh, Billy Eichner production. It is a. It is. Oh. It is a big deal because it is. Um, oh God, who's the guy that I fought with that did all the comedies? Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on that? Who did you know King of Staten Island and did? Um, oh, Pete Davidson. Yeah, but no, like the the director. It's. Um, Oh, Judd Apatow? Judd Apatow, thank you, Jesus. Why yeah. could I not think of Judd Apatow's name? That's not good. Okay, yeah, you guys did fight a little bit on uh, yeah. social media. And, but, but they ended up doing a very nice thing, and he retweeted the, uh, your your uh, fundraiser for Mo because I mean, we That's had a, awesome. we, he ended up being, at the end of the day, it ended up being a very nice thing. He probably thinks I'm a huge douchebag, but it ended up being a very nice thing. Um, well, and, you're the and, prettiest ex-girlfriend I've ever thank had. Thank you. And you're prettier than my current Thank wife. you. And and you know what? He's not wrong. I am a huge douchebag. In fact, <laughs> I just noticed another category that I was nominated for in the Baltimore Sun Awards was douchebag. douchebag? Unfortunately, I think we all know who might win that one. Um, yeah, he's got nine fingers, and he's four foot tall. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, could be anyone. Uh, <laughs> God. Oh, that's mean. We didn't mean that. Well, kind of. Yeah, um, anyway, the, the moral of it being, he's doing a a his next like romantic comedy is entirely gay, and it it actually looks quite funny. Like it looks yeah. hilarious, and it's called Bros, which I think is a perfect name. And I think you and I should host an event. For everybody to go see bros. Like, I I'm think in. we should do that. But Say no more. I'm I, in. And I, by the way, I saw the trailer for it. I didn't watch it because I, when I was scrolling, it's a weird setup, and Coleman uh, mixed everything up at the radio station, the seat I sit in. I can no longer listen to the audio on my computer in my headset. So, like, I literally have to listen to everything on my phone because of something they did because we sit in the same chair. Neither here nor there. But I did see bros come by, and I, I love movies, so I wanted to see the trailer, but I couldn't hear the sound. I'm like, well, this... If it's a comedy, it's not unless it's just physical comedy, like we're watching yeah. Jackass or something. Yeah, you're gonna. Need, by the way, um, so have you watched Jackass yeah. four and a half yet? No, I haven't seen four and a half. It might be better than the movie. Really? <laughs> oh my god, it's incredible! Is it just on? Because I know Jackass is on Paramount. Where is it's Jackass on four and a half? Netflix. 
And I don't know really? why. Jackass four and a half is on Netflix, and it's a half like they did this before with one of the other Jackass movies, where yeah, I think it was three and a half. It might have been three and a half. It's 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 half stunts that didn't make it, and half like commentary uh-huh. during it. It is like there is more dark star content that I didn't know was coming. That I'm not kidding. I think is better than some of the dark star content they put in the movie. Oh like, my me! Do I have an, uh, a date tonight, dude? So, I hey. I swear to God, it was a joy. It was I forgot that they were doing it, and it just so happened to pop up like on Friday night on my my. I'm like, oh right, that was a thing, and I laughed with my teeth out. It was so wonderful. Oh, oh it was so. So by wonderful. the way, let me let me give you another. Have you watched? Did I bring this up to you last week? The offer. Oh, you told me about it. I haven't watched it yet. I gotta watch it. Yes. All right. That's so on my good, list. So I started. Good. You know what? I made a couple mistakes. I started the staircase. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. Um, it's the yeah, because there's two different sh- like um, like the one with Colin Ferguson right. out now, right? Where he's playing the guy. But my wife and I watched that documentary years ago, and I knew about the story um, years ago. But now there's like another documentary and two more series coming out about this. Kind of like the same thing with Hulu and uh, Jessica Biel playing Candy. Um, oh right, there's two, yeah. There's two shows coming out about that story as well. Yep, so. yep. I'm, I am, I am in. It's hooked me. I'm watching that. But I, we, 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 we gotta get back to Top Gun. Okay. What were like? Did did you emotionally care about Top Gun, and did you have an emotional reaction when they announced? I think at this point, ten years ago, that they were doing another one. No, my '80s movie was Mannequin. So if they bring back that and we get Hollywood coming back, I'd be happy. Mannequin. But no, that, Top Gun, I liked it, but it was never like I don't know. With, with the '80s movies, I could sit here and just rattle off a ton that were like in my wheelhouse of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure, I loved. Um, sure, you know Goonies. I, I could go through a ton of movies. I liked Top Gun, but it was never my thing. Like uh, like the way other people get amped up for it. I'm going to see it Friday afternoon when it comes out. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it was never like, if, if, if I listed my 20 favorite eighties movies, it wouldn't make my list. I, you know, it's really weird. If you would ask me the same question 10 to 15 years ago, I would have said the same thing, right? It barely registered mm-hmm. for me. I somehow in the last decade to decade and a half, I have created such a greater appreciation for Top Gun and the absurdity of it, right? Like I, I could watch the volleyball scene every day for the rest of my life. Yes, and just think think about how great it is that they did that. They just said, the hell with plot. We're going to take a few minutes to show off these sexy men playing volleyball on the beach. I am so grateful that that exists. In, and sexy men play volleyball on the beach? Yes. You know how I feel about <laughs> it. And you are the By sexiest way, of all of the men. No. <laughs> can I give you a cringeworthy take? Yes. Iron Eagle greater than Top Gun. Oh, my! Yeah. You're just saying anything. No, I, just, I love Chappie. I oh boy, we we might need to do a full hour. Sister Chappie, I mean, you got a little bit we, of everything going. We on might there, need to so. do a full hour. I don't know. I've I've had <laughs> such greater reverence. The other thing too is that I was once on a trip. I don't know why I was in Mexico with some of my buddies, and we all were in love with a young lady that was working like the street taco stand. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and, and we went there probably four times while we were on this trip. Cause we love the street, you know, there's nothing in the world greater than Mexican street tacos. It's just, God, yeah. God damn, they're wonderful. 
And so we probably went to the stand four times. And this girl was so sweet and so cute and smiled at us and, you know, probably was stealing, you know, because she had a friend of hers that was stealing money from us or something like that. I don't know. But she was going along with it. And we convinced ourselves that it would be a brilliant idea to do the bar scene from Top Gun and to all to start singing You've Lost That Loving Feeling at one point. And so these things have led me to, like, this greater appreciation for Top Gun to the point where I'm with you. I will go... I will be going Friday uh, with on a date with a friend of mine named Simon. He and I are going to go on a... And I, I don't want you to think that I'm cheating on you because you're also going without me. So I, mm-hmm. I want that to be stated. And I'm going with a group of guys, too, so it's all... And, and we decided, like, we at one point said, like, do we invite the wives? And we said very clearly, no, we do not. We do not invite the wives for this one. This is for the boys, what we're doing on Friday. Uh, I, too, will be there on Friday afternoon. And I have come around... Whereas when it was first announced, admittedly, I was like, why are we doing this? Like, why? And then a couple people reminded me, like, hey, you know, most of the Mission Impossible movies have been, like, really good, despite the fact that Tom Cruise is a thousand years old. Like, Yeah, that's true. Don't don't we give him at some, as weird as he is, don't we at some point give him the benefit of the doubt? And I was like, okay, I'm listening. And all of the reviews for this have been phenomenal. Like, I, I was terrified of this. I am now through the roof excited about Friday afternoon. Look, you know what? We can really say whatever we want about Tom Cruise, but um, you know, it, it's funny because he he does make good movies. He like, really does. Some of the movies that I went to and that I was surprised at how like I'm not a big. I'm gonna say I'm not a sci-fi guy. I don't like space movies. I don't like. I mean, there's certain things that'll fall in line there. But yep. when I went to see Minority Report, I walked away saying, "Man, that was." That was a, a great movie. They had Dude. a bunch of twists and turns. You're trying to figure out who did it, this and that. You know what movie um, had no business being anywhere near as good as it is? The Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, is another one. I, I, I had zero interest in seeing that film. I'm pretty sure it was one we only saw because like, they gave us an advanced screening ticket or something like that, right? Yep. Like, you know how that is in radio. Somebody be like, hey, do you want to go see this movie? We got a bunch of extra. I'm like, all right, I got nothing else to do. And I'll go see it. And I remember like looking at my wife halfway through the film and being like, I am captivated. I'm gripped by this stupid premise that makes no sense. I am all in on this damn movie. He makes really good movies, dude. Well, we talked about Robert Downey Jr. in um, Tropic Thunder and then how great that was. And then all of a sudden Tom Cruise has a cameo in it and steals the show. Yep, 100%. what an incredible movie. And then the only thing people wanted to talk about afterwards was Tom Cruise. And, and I still, every time it's on, and I, I, I feel like Forrester half the time, but every time it's on, if I'm flipping through channels and A Few Good Men comes on, I'm not, the, the channel is not changing. Like, yep. I'm sticking it out. I, he is such a bloody weirdo, but God damn, does he have a hell of a batting percentage. Like, it's incredible how well he's done. So he has earned the right for me to trust this going into Friday and for me to actually be excited about going to see another Top Gun. I'm all yeah, in. and I you know, and I, I get tired of some of the remakes, like the the Point Break remake. I couldn't even get through the first seven minutes of it. I turned it off. Um, and I, and look, there's special place in my heart for Patrick Swayze and his movies, but sure. remaking them yes. and what they did with it was just utterly ridiculous. And then they talked about doing another like Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey before oh, she ended up losing that no, fight and all, all this other no. you know all these other things were going to come up, but they kind of keep rehashing the '80s. And and uh, some of these movies, and I'm going, eh, I don't know. Every once in a while, we do get a gem, and something's pretty good, and maybe this is the one. Well, like, you know, by the way, the, what business did 21 Jump Street have in being such a ph- phenomenal motion picture, right? Like, yeah. 
There was no reason why that would be, and it ended up being a a delight, a goddamn joy. Both of them were funny. Oh, I would. If, if I don't even know, they're, they're, both those guys got to be forty years old at this point. If they made a third one, I'd go see it. It was so freaking mm-hmm. good. Those two. Oh, and I know that they teased uh, doing like a hundred more at the end of the second one, which is actually a good gag. And that space and all the other nonsense. Yep, it's what was... the Fast and the Furious saw and said, "We should do that." Right. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah. a it was a great gag too. They were like, "Let's go to Hebrew school," and then they slipped Seth Rogen <laughs> or they slipped uh, yeah they slipped Seth Rogen into one of them. <laughs> they were like, "What contract dispute?" Oh, it was great. It was so good. <laughs> so good. All right, pal. What's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Uh, so Rob's back uh, for the rest of the week. Ed's in, so we'll be taking everybody to Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure it'll be a ton of Adley talk. Um, you know, it's we got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. It'll be uh, the usual stuff and a lot of dumb stories in the world of stupid as we've been doing consistently now. It's like I wake up and and I. Like man, I gotta find oh, some you, world you, of you ruined, Thank you, New York Post. I mean, I, yeah. I maybe I can convince uh, Griffin now that he's in. That. Don't follow Jeremy on Twitter. I like to do a bit with with. I, do, I would do this, finish this bit over the years, but I would constantly the stories I would find. I would see you tweet out like literally the next, you know, within an hour, and yeah. I'd be like, well. I mean, Paul definitely saw it. There's no way that I'm going to be able to use this tomorrow. I can't get it over <laughs> on him. So, uh, what do we have? We had the one today of the woman that married an invisible alien. Oh, I saw. <laughs> I did see. That. I mean, what, what are we doing heck? here? What is going on? At JeremyCon1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com, and we agree. Vote for Priestley. Go vote, vote right Priestley. now for Priestley in the Baltimore Sun poll. Love you, brother. Talk to you next week. Save Ferris. All right, man. Thanks, pal. I'll see you. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, joining us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I'm still working through the kinks. Still working through the kinks. We'll get there. Repetition will help. My bad. My bad. Griffin just sort of sat there. So, a, bi- so a big smile on his face. I was so enthralled in the and conversation. did nothing. <laughs> did nothing whatsoever. He just looked at like, oh, that was fun. What it, now? It was. Griffin's like, I just get to pay for the ticket. <laughs> I just wanted the view for the show. Hey, pal, you gotta, we gotta produce the show, but that's the way it's gotta go. Um, do you care at all about the Top Gun movie? Yeah, a little bit. Did do you have you? I, yes, I've seen the first one a while ago, and I, I mean, I know what happened in it. You, Tom Cruise is does, a great actor, but does it mean something to you in any way, or is it I, I just a movie? That, I plan on I, seeing. I'm it. saying the okay. first Top Gun. Did it oh. mean something to you, or is it just a movie that you've seen? Uh, yeah, it's just a movie that I've okay. seen. And I, my mom what? loved it a lot, so like, understandable. Sat down and watched it with makes her. all the sense. I was like, yeah, world. I guess it's a great movie. I'm telling you, when I was young, like if you had talked to me when I was your age, Top Gun would have just been a movie to me at that point. But in the last 15 to 20 years, Top Gun. The, my appreciation for it and the absurdity of it, the stupidity of it, and the brilliance of it has grown exponentially to the point where, like, I am through the roof excited about Friday. I am gaga about Friday. I'm very excited. We are, I am racing. Oh, you're not even going to be here. I'm yeah. racing out of here. There will be a cloud of dust on Friday for me to get to the theater to hang out with Friday matinee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, I mean, uh, Paul and I did it for the Jackass movie. If I care, I want to see. I it used to be when I was a younger man. You're supposed to see it Thursday night if you care. That's that the thing. When yeah. I was a younger man, oh. it was Thursday night, and now they've changed it so you don't have to wait till midnight any longer. They like put it out Thursday night at like nine or something like that. They, they start doing earlier shows. When I was probably your age, it was we would go at midnight on Thursday night. Like if we were into a movie, we did a bit with it in Arizona. When I worked for those two years in Arizona, our show was eight to midnight. So we would do a bit where we like pre-record the final segment of the show, 
and we would try to get listeners to come join us at the theater, the Cinemaplex in Tempe, to go see whatever film. And we would just go see anything every week. So whether it was Shrek, whether it was the Simpsons movie, we definitely saw Superbad at midnight on Thursday night. Um, That's a great movie. Well, it's I love one that of the movie. Greatest motion pictures of all time. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. Um, but even like Smoking Aces was a movie we went and saw at midnight because it was the best movie that was coming out that week. We just went and saw any movie that was coming out that week. Pan's Labyrinth. We would go at midnight on Thursday night to go see a movie, and I loved it. I had the best time of my life going to see movies at midnight on Thursday. night. What I'll probably do for this, I guess, yes, yeah, so this Thursday night, the Obi Wan Kenobi series comes out. Oh, that's on, on Disney. For, yeah, on Disney Plus. They did it on Thursday. I thought it, they well, it comes on it, Wednesday. It, it, so it goes live at three a.m. Eastern time. But I, they most of their like the Marvel series were on. Yeah, they, it, they, they, it, they change it up. I think oh, the Mandalorian was Fridays, and so, I, I thought know. that was on Wednesday. I thought they their thing was Wednesday. I thought Disney's thing was Wednesday. No, yeah, some of the Marvel it, they they kind because of Stranger it up Things a is bit. Friday, correct? I think the Clone Wars series might have been Wednesdays too. Okay. But but know. Stranger Things is Friday, isn't it? Uh, sure. You're doing the non-sports part of Tubular now, so you got to yeah, lock yeah, that yeah. up. You yeah. got to lock that up. It is on Friday. I'm pretty sure Stranger Things is Friday, um, and I will try to carve out some time this weekend for Stranger Things. But much like Griffin, throughout the course of the show, I will be very distracted by tennis over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, so I don't know if I'll get to Stranger Things this weekend or not. But I am definitely, I am out the door, and I am at a Cinemaplex on Friday to go see. Uh, Top Gun. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy. Married. You're really happy about that. Thank you. Thank you, pal. But Thank I'll probably you. stay up until three a.m. I think and watch. Oh, good. Obi-Wan so you'll basically. Oh, but you're going away. You're yeah, not, yeah. You're not producing away. the show. We don't have yeah. to worry about. But you. the next couple Fridays, I guess. I probably. I guess I'll be tired. I'm gonna need you to lock that up. <laughs> gonna need you to figure out a better. It's Obi Wan Kenobi. I I hear you. Uh, Griffin, Brian Powell requested, and it is a tradition, that whenever we have someone new in that seat. We give them uh, kind of a simple aptitude test. What I want to know from you, my young friend, you were born where? Uh, from Maryland. You're uh, fr- in Westminster. Y- Westminster. Yeah. You've always been in this state. Yes. Yeah, I have. You lifelong Baltimore sports fan. Yes. You feel a connection. I do. Yeah. Home. Do you own? Yeah. How many things do you own that have like the Maryland flag on it? In uh, some not a way? ton, but like I have stuff. You've got I have stuff. A, a lot of Orioles, Ravens. Like I have Baltimore, Maryland. But you should. But most people here. Yeah, own I, have, at least. I have this cool shirt. One of my favorites is just says four one zero, and it's like yeah. it's like a purple four. The one is an old bay can. Uh huh. And then uh, the zero is an, like orange. An, or, an, an Oriole. Orioles yeah. Okay. Zero. All right. That's all one of right, my favorite right, shirts. Right. I'll wear. I'll wear it. Sometimes. Or an O probably because yeah. it's the O yeah. with the circle. That man. Well, actually, it's not. It, you'll see. Okay. When I wear, when right, I wear right, I'll right, wear it at some right, point. All right. Um, I ask these questions because I am regularly appalled when I learn how little young people know about our fine state. How many counties do you think there are in the state of Maryland? Um, I should know. Yeah, you should. I agree there's with not, that. There's not a ton. It's like... Hmm. Eight, I don't know what you think a ton is. I don't know. Like, Pennsylvania has a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, is it 18? It's a little bit more. But you know what? You're not, you're not so far off that, I'm, that it bothers me. There's 23 or 24, depending on how you count the city. Okay. Okay. Right. Gotcha. How many of those counties can you name? <clears throat> I, I think I could d- name quite a few. So my okay. b- my brother's like he he wants to be a police officer. Okay, and he so he's a nine one one dispatcher right now. Uh huh. And he so he's like very into kind of 
the geography, I guess, of I the like, state. I like, like this. He, he loves he loves like uh, knowing like road names and stuff. He like I, never likes using his GPS. I like so I this. hate driving with him. I like this. This is good news. So I think I can know How quite many? a bit. Let's go for it. Carroll County. Carroll Carroll County. Yes. Do okay. people normally miss that one? No, people. Oh, okay. uh, some some one of the people that we've had work for the show over the years okay. has definitely not known Carroll County. Baltimore County, Baltimore City. Yes. Uh, Montgomery County. Yep, Moco, as they call it. Howard County, Hoco. Sure. Uh, Anne Arundel. Yes. There's the there's the three out west. Um, Washington. Mm. Alle- yeah, it's not normally the one that people start with. That's this is promising. Allegheny. Allegheny. Um, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. No, Garrett. Ooh, look at you. Look at you knowing count. This the eastern is- shore is on the. That's where I'm gonna struggle. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a Charles County. There right? is a Charles County. Very well done. And it is certainly a county that people don't know a whole lot about. Um, have I gotten everything west of the Chesapeake? No. Uh, not, I don't not, think so. Not everything, no. What am I at right now? You are like at nine. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But 10 counting Baltimore City. Okay. I'm fine with that because it's 20, 10, um, of, you're 20, 10 of 24 to this point. You are starting to. I said Anne Arundel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, whoa, where's Ocean City? That's. Would be one of those eastern shore yeah. counties that you said you were starting uh, with. There's. Dorchester. Dorchester <laughs> County. Of all the random ones that just tossed out there, Dorchester um, County is definitely a county. Dang. Queen Anne's. Queen Anne's is a county. There we go. We're starting to pick up. Is that where up. Salisbury is? No. <laughs> definitely not, but, you know. It's over there. Um, uh, there's one with a W. There might be more than one with a W. Uh Wacomico. Wacomico County is where yeah. you would find Salisbury, by yes. the way. Wacomico County. You're doing you're doing all right. Um let's see. Can I can I see like a, a, a nameless map or is no. that okay. No you may not. <laughs> no you may not. Thirteen um, so far. Oh Bel Air. No, no, that's that's just a city. Definitely not a that's county. That's just a town. <laughs> it is it is in a county. That's in Baltimore County. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh okay. No. Uh, oh, no. I forget. So yeah, I, for, I forget. We were the one doing that's... so well. We were doing so well, Griffin. <laughs> we oh, Frederick doing... County. Frederick. Frederick County is. You were talking about counties out west. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Frederick is one that you had not named. Yet. Yeah, Frederick County. Uh huh. Um. Hmm. Dang. Fourteen. By the way, you're doing better than a lot of people have done that have been in this spot. That's not. That's not great. I'm disappointed because I feel like I should have known more. Oh yeah. I mean, I would. I would agree with that. Uh. I said Wacomico. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there another Charles? No. There's mm-hmm. There's another Charles one? <laughs> what do you mean there's another Charles one? Uh, I thought there was like maybe, I don't know. Like Charleston? Yeah, Charles no, there's Ann no Charleston or? County. That does not, that's not a, it's not a thing. Um. Oh, God. Dang, oh, yeah, God. I might. Oh, I don't want to wave so, the flag yet. It started so well. I, I was, mean, I don't, know I, was what I'm so gonna, I don't know what I'm waiting for to hit me. I was so <laughs> encouraged as to where you were going with this. I was like, man, you know, Griffin knows his counties. <laughs> as it turns out, you know, about half. Okay. That's, about half. That's, I'm, I'm, I think I can be proud of that. Uh, no, I'm happy no, with don't that. be proud of that. No, no. There's, I don't spend a lot of time on the other side of the state. That doesn't. <sighs> it's a big state. Thank you. Are you done? Um, can you give me hints or no? I give you hints. <laughs> I mean, if we're saying that this is what you could do, you could do fourteen to twenty-four. Uh, you don't, you don't know the name of that. So, if what your question was, are there other counties whose name starts with C? Yes, there's multiple more counties that have C names that you have not 
gotten yet, despite the fact that you got Charles and Carol. In fact, there's one that when you say Carol, you should almost immediately say another one. Uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Caroline. Oh, Caroline County. County. Okay. Caroline. Caroline County. County. Um, and then there's the one that's actually just east. So you got as east as Baltimore County. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then you said Bel Air, which of course is not a county, and also definitely not in Baltimore County. Aberdeen's it's, over there. Yeah, in the same county. You're naming the towns <laughs> in one particular county. Oh, there's an Essex County. There's definitely not in Essex County. Oh. That is definitely not a thing. <laughs> Essex is in Baltimore County. You've named uh, Bel Air. You've named Aberdeen. Haverty, Sus- Sussex? No. Nope. Haverty Grace. I think they might be in Delaware. I think there might be a Sussex County. Haverty Grace, Falston, Forest Hill, Joppa, Edgewood, Abingdon, yeah. Jarrettsville, Churchville. Yeah. I know a lot of towns in this county. Yeah. Darlington, Dublin, Street, Hickory. I Yeah, I don't know. Harford County. Harford. Harford County is just east of Baltimore County. Yeah, I should have. And known then that east one. of Harford County, they're building that area done up. They've got uh, they got a casino now. The Hollywood Casino's out there. We, we you know, of course, we're uh, <coughs> live casino guys. <laughs> they've got uh, they got a what's that? Great Wolf Lodge coming out in Perryville, wow. which is in which is in a east. Eastern County. <laughs> yeah, it's the last one before you get to Delaware. Uh, it also starts with a C. Uh, um, a lot of times they call it Cecil Tucky. Oh, Cecil County. Cecil County. Cecil County, of course. Everybody Got that knows. one. Named after Cecil Fielder. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that about Cecil County. Right. Um. Uh, other counties that you did not name. Um... I'm trying to think of what else you forgot. How about, oh, you didn't get uh, another one out east, Kent County. Oh, Kent County. <coughs> home of Washington College. Kent County. You didn't get, oh, the one right outside of D.C. Um, the one where you would find the University oh, of Prince Maryland. George's. Prince George's, PG County. Should have known that one, yeah. Definitely should have gotten that yeah. one, no I doubt. mean, I did get that one. Uh, I got that on my own. On your, uh, You know what, after I said it was right outside of D.C. and it's where you found the University of Maryland, but with those hints, sure, no, you did come No, I said it before you it. said the University of Maryland. I was like, oh, mm, duh. Another we'll one see what the tape says. Um, uh, again, most of these now going east, so most of these I certainly understand why you struggled with, but um, the rest of the list includes Somerset County. Oh, Somerset. Uh, St. Mary's County is uh, in the south. They, um, these names sound familiar. Yeah, of course. They should. They're counties in the state where you live. They should sound familiar. You've probably visited them at some point during your life. Yeah. Uh, Talbot County. Talbot. Um, you mentioned Wicomic, oh, and you got. Did you get all three of the W's? Did you get? Uh, there's. Oh, you got Dorchester, three. but you did not get. There's a Worcester. Worcester. Oh, okay, Worcester, Worcester. Yeah, Worcester County is the other Worcester one that you did County. not get. But all in all, again, you shouldn't be proud, but better than most. Better than most. We'll come back in tidbit tubular to wrap it up. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. PressBox is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com to follow the show on instagram it's just glenn clark radio and to follow the show on only fans wait i don't think you're supposed to know about that one any hoodle take it away boys so, uh, John Proctor did, uh, gave me a chuckle because uh, Griffin said it's a very big state, and Proctor was like, well, it's actually the ninth smallest state in the country. And he's not wrong. Might There's, be. I mean, it, it would take a long time to drive across it, though. It like would because of, the, because of the way that it's, it's shaped, because of the awkwardness of you know, having to go around. There's a giant body of water right in the middle of it. There's a huge bay. That causes a bit of a problem when it comes to doing that that sort of thing, but he is right that amongst states it is very much on the smaller end of states. Um, that is that is accurate. I guess I kind of meant you know you can't drive in a straight line in it. 
Like, no, you can't do that, yeah. which I guess you could say you could do in California, but you right. wouldn't get through all of the counties in the state by driving through a straight yeah. line yeah. in California. It wouldn't work that way. It happens, pal. It happens. Well, one day. One day, maybe. you'll. The, most, of, well, most states are big. No one else I? ever got better at that. We would literally, I, like, with, Kyle was with me for, I don't know, maybe seven years, something like that. And we did this at the beginning of his tenure, and then we did it again a couple years down the road, and he got no better. He learned nothing more about the state, the counties in this state. Nothing more whatsoever. I blame the schools. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You have one week since you got one week. One week to go try the spring seasonal menu, including the opener, the flash fried pork belly, as well as all of the other delicious items like the baseball cut sirloin, the strawberry salmon salad, the cracker jack sundae, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in right now, glorydaysgrill.com. Griffin, did you prepare a tidbit for today? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't we'll know. Hang on. The... Hang on. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay. I don't like the way you're selling it. Yeah, I, it, it's not a good set. I had high hopes for the, what I wanted to do, and I just couldn't find. Not ideal. I know. Not ideal. Maybe should have gone with something else if that yeah. had been the case. Tidbit is brought to you. This awful, horrible, wretched. You're not going to want to hear it. Tidbit. No, you do. Yeah, you do want to hear it. It's going to be good. You got to do a better job of selling, pal. You got to do a better sales job. This goes back. Remember, we talked about confidence. Need more. Need a little bit more from you in that department. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which returns. Stan and Ross will be talking baseball tonight. Also uh, coming up this week, another great show, as Stan and Gary Stein are going to be back with you on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Sports. They're doing their show on Tuesday night this week as they will catch up with former Johns Hopkins and UMBC coach Don Zimmerman, who's been working for ESPN as an analyst. He'll help them preview the Final Four this weekend. Again, always live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Is it really? No. We're, sti- we're still. Yeah. We're still. Yeah. Pressboxonline.com slash video. YouTube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, uh, Griffin, what do you have for tidbits? Okay, so, uh, so, you know, so the Orioles, Thursday and Friday, mm-hmm. back-to-back walk-off home mm-hmm. run games. Mm-hmm. They both home runs. Yeah, Santana, Santander. Oh, and then uh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, Rugi. Yeah, Rugi. Ned Odor. Yes. Odor uh, walk off on Friday night. So yeah, uh-huh. so very exciting. Um, so now, obviously the question comes up. Uh, you know who's hit the most walk off home runs in the history of I mean, baseball? Is that the entirety of the tidbit? Is there were two? That's the the tidbit there has was to be interesting too. Okay. Not just the trivia. The tidbit <laughs> also has to be just hey the Orioles had two walk off games. Then that's it, not a tidbit. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. We got to we got to think about that. It's the first time that's happened since blank. That that makes that a tip, right. a yeah. tip it makes. Yeah. And I was trying just, to find that. Just the I Orioles won struggled yesterday. Struggled with that. Not not a tidbit. It's just a recap of something that occurred. Do you understand the separation? I do. Of those yeah. Two yeah. Things? Yeah. I got it. Maybe we should have done some practice tidbits. Maybe we should have. Maybe we should have done that. I'm only going to get better. I know that. Uh, I hope that's true. This. <laughs> I hope that you're right about that because this is not. The best star. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Say say the other part you were gonna say. Who? So you know. So who has hit? Uh, the handful of players have hit lots of walk off home runs. Of all the players in Major League Baseball, who has hit the most walk off home runs in baseball history? In baseball history, not in Orioles history. Not in Orioles. There is an Oriole that's on the top near the top of this list. Okay. Uh, I'll say Barry Bonds. He had a lot of home runs. Uh, no, he is not in the top three. I guess that's probably because when he was coming up late, the uh, they would not pitch to him. Yeah. To give him the opportunity yeah. to win the game. 
Uh, Babe Ruth is a good qu- a good guess. He is not number one, though. He hit 12, and he's tied with that's second. So well, most- how many am I supposed to be naming? Uh, I don't know. Just get num- just get one. No, no, that's not normal. Again, it's supposed to be a right, list of guys. Get you the one through. Let's go one through uh, six here. Six. One through seven. I one through seven. One through seven. Yeah. So okay, Babe has three, twelve, four, five, and six, he is seven. tied with six others with twelve. And there's one person who stands above who has them all. One more than that. So yes. There's there's five others that have twelve. Correct. Okay. Uh, Hank Aaron. No, he does not. Uh, they hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, Alex yeah. Rodriguez. No, he's not. Albert Pujols. Not one of the. He, there you go. He is number. He is also tied for second with twelve. Okay. He could end up uh, moving. Yeah, he uh, could. He ahead, could also right? jump up. There's not some time. He's the only active one left on this uh, list. Uh, uh, Frank Robinson. Yes. Okay. Correct. He has twelve. Also tied for second. So that was the Oriole. Yes, he was the Oriole. Again, I'm thinking prodigious home run hitters. Uh, Manny Ramirez. Good guess, but no. I think number one. Actually, yeah, you're right. Okay, number one was also an Oriole. Number one was also an Oriole. But not long. Uh, you're not supposed to give me too many okay, hints okay, yet. Sorry, sorry. Like, you're supposed to let me struggle for a bit and then start getting into this. Was there an Oriole for not long? Uh, uh, Sammy Sosa. No. Wait, I mean, he, I, he, had, he was uh, an Oriole, not yeah, he was. Long. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he had 10. So he was like a little bit lower. Vladimir Guerrero. No, he's not on the list. Jim Thome. There you go. Oh, he, he is number one. Run. 13 okay. right. walk off home runs in his career. Orioles legend, Jim Thome. That's true. Uh, I still have three more on the list. Uh, yes. Uh, Willie Mays. No, he is not. Willie Mays Hayes. No. You don't even know. You I don't even know. That's sad. Yeah. Ken Griffey. No, he's not on there. Harmon Killebrew. No. Mickey Mantle. There you go. Oh, okay. Mantle. Uh, Mike Schmidt. No, he's not on there. How about Fred McGriff? No. Also no. Mel Ott. No. Eddie Matthews. No. How far back? Should we be going that far back? Uh, No, no, not that far not back. Not that far back. Uh, like, Stan Musial. There you go. Okay. Yeah, Stan. Stan Musial. And another one that's more modern? Uh, No. Oh. He's not modern. Wait, wait, when was he? I don't know when he played. Should I be going as far back? Oh, God. This is... You don't know is the answer. You don't... Duke Snyder. 40s. Jimmy Fox. There you go. Jesus. Definitely. All right. He hit 12. <laughs> 12 walk-off. If you don't know, maybe just say Don. I don't know. Reggie <laughs> Jackson also hit 10. Orioles. Another former yeah. Oriole. Another brief former Oriole. Very good. David Ortiz had 11. Ryan Zimmerman hit 11. Ryan Zimmerman had 11. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. All right. Very good. Uh, all right. Uh, Tubular brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. The place to be for all the big events before the month is over, including uh, Rolando Romero and Gervonta Davis squaring off Baltimore's own, getting back in the ring this weekend on pay-per-view. You can watch it in the FanDuel Sportsbook and bet on it on their 61 self-service kiosks. There's also other huge events, the UEFA Champions League final coming up on Saturday, all the playoff action the Indianapolis 500, so much to watch and bet on in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Tonight, totally tubular. The Orioles are back on the road this weekend. Um, uh, not this weekend, this week. Well, they're on the road this weekend, too, but that doesn't matter for us. 
They're in New York to face the Yankees. 7 o'clock, Jordan Lyles, Garrett Cole, the pitching matchup on Masson. Masson 2, Dodgers Nationals at 7. It's also on MLB Network and the rest of the country. MLB Network locally has Phillies Braves at 7. ABC, uh, Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Weird, this one's on ABC. Just kind of odd on a Monday night. Uh, Heat Celtics, Game 4 at 8.30. I guess everybody's supposed to play is the word. Like, all's good after everybody got hurt on Saturday night. And as I mentioned, the uh, Thor trailer is supposed to hit during tonight's game. TNT, Panthers Lightning, Game 4 at 7. Avalanche Blues, Game 4 at 9.30. Boy, oh, my God. Panthers Lightning, Game 4 tonight. They just played yesterday. Yeah, no, what do you think about hockey's doing back-to-backs? Well, I think they were trying to get more games on Sunday was the deal. I think there yeah. was something like that. But um, I told you guys to keep betting on the Lightning. I could not believe the odds that you were getting on the Lightning going into the playoffs, considering, you know, they were the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions and had played really well down the stretch of this season. It was unreal the odds you were getting on them. They are one game away from moving into the Eastern Conference Finals. Could wrap it up tonight. Uh, French Open's on the Tennis Channel right now. Uh, USA for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. The non-sports highlights, which tonight are led by two things in particular. And again, we want to lock this up. Highlights. What you got? Okay. Um, number one for me, I think, is on the Tonight Show. Oh, no. Oh. Starring Jimmy Fallon is oh. Baltimore's own turnstile. The band I, 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 will be performing. I, I happen to know one of the guy's brothers, a close friend of mine. God bless him. I, it's not, it's, they're not necessarily my thing, but like, I'm very happy for their success. Probably not the number one thing that should have been on your list for tonight. What What, what do you think? Okay, uh, there's there's a new show on Fox. No. Oh, God. Oh, premiering no. is Don't oh, Forget no. the Lyrics, hosted by no. Nisi Nash. No, no, no. That shouldn't be on the list at all. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, I, we, got a, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Did you look at the schedule for HBO tonight? The home, the home box office. Are you what familiar you? with that? Yes, network? yes, I am. Did you look at their schedule for the evening? I'm trying. I'm gonna find oh, it. No. Oh no. Oh boy. What did I miss? Oh boy. Oh, Griffin. Griffin. Oh, it's We Own the City tonight. That is, yeah, that's at 9 p.m. on HBO tonight. We gotta lock some things up around here. We gotta do better. We gotta do better. We gotta do better. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to kind of build up to this. No, no. Is you, what I wanted you to do. You missed it. You failed. You gotta do better. Okay. Okay. That that matters. People in our audience care about that. You know what they do not care about? Don't forget the lyrics with Niecy Nash. There is no crossover. Between our audience and don't forget the lyrics. Okay. Everybody in our audience cares about We Own This City. Got to get that. Gotcha. Another pretty important one tonight. Did you check the AMC network? The American Movie Classics. Did you check to see what was on AMC tonight? I know that Moneyball is on late. No. No. Not that. Oh, God. What was on before oh, it? Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are you looking? Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. Just just report report back to me. Just re- whenever 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 you're good. Just just report back. Okay. To me. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm fine. Oh god. Oh, Griffin. Tonight, nine o'clock on AMC. It's a pretty popular television program. And I believe it's the mid-season finale. I believe they're taking a break after tonight's episode. This is not a good sign. Oh, better call Saul. Very good show. 
Yeah. At 9 Very p.m. Good show. on AMC. We're going to do better. Okay. Okay. Maybe run it by me before the show. Okay. Okay. And say, hey, this is what I fa- We got to lock it up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. How'd you think day one went? Um, certainly could have gone could've a gone lot better. better. Could have gone better. Yeah. Some of it not your fault. Some of it eh, kind of falls on your shoulders. Yeah. We're going to look to improve. Okay. So we move forward. Aye. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's tip is gonna be really good. I hope so. I, I hope can't so. wait for it. Maybe, maybe we get the things in tubular that people actually care about. I don't mind you including turnstiles on the tonight show. I don't mind that. They're Baltimore band. Uh, Pat McCrory is brother Will. Dreamy, love him. One of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. Don't mind it being included. Just you know. Okay. There were some far more important things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks today to uh, the guests that did post, Jeremy Kahn and Ray Parler. We'll get those up in the greatest hits segment. Oh, did you work on this? Did you work on a way to say archives? Um, oh, I kind of want to. Oh, no. Oh, Griffin. That only gave you some. This is not a great, yeah. not a great start. I was, I, was, I was just waiting for something to come to me. Uh-huh. I, think, I think I wanted to say chives. Just, char- just chives. We're going to call well, it chives. I, but no, that's the thing. I say, yeah, I say chives. Okay. That's the part. Okay. Yeah. You say the R part. All right, I I want to let's try to do it like pirates then. I'll we go already, back we, to Kyle. But yeah, I want to go back to Kyle. I think I can channel my own inner Kyle. We'll get those up in the greatest hits section of the archives. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. I guess I don't say chives either. You do say chives. Why did you do that? Why did you mute me? No, and you muted yourself too. Oh no. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta work on this part. Day one, nowhere to go but up. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox. Oh, oh tomorrow on the program, uh, we are scheduled to be joined by Brent Urban, uh, who's back with the Ravens. Our buddy Patrick Stevens joins us as he does every Tuesday, and I think we might be checking in with Maryland baseball. I don't know that just yet, but I think we might be checking in with them. And who knows? Maybe somebody that was supposed to post today will post tomorrow. That would be that would be swell as always. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Well, we don't get fooled again. Thanks everybody, at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners: Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police. Great Eights memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. Thanks to Ryan. Griffin, you can plug your Twitter. Uh, at Griffin underscore Bass. At Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Now the show is over. <laughs>